considering we are unfreezing the freeze. Yeah. Thawing the hiatus, if you will. Would you like to kick things off? Removing it from carbonite. By, yeah, if you will. Um, Would you like to join me in being shirtless for this inaugural return episode? Uh, Not really. And welcome back to Flicks in the Six. This is episode 177. You're always on time, weekly entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always. The man, the myth, the baron himself, Alessandro Balsi. Say hello, Al. Here I am. Here I remain. Hmm. Hmm. Wise. Wise words. <laughs> Deep. On this week's episode, we have Across the Spider-Verse. We have Mass Effect. Halo. Final season of The Expanse. And much... Much more. All before diving into our flick of the week, Dune. But first, Al, how are you? Um, I'm alright. Uh, I'm a little confused, though, why I thought that this was episode 178. Is it? Do I just start over? No, I just double-checked, and it definitely is 177. Alright, But cool. I could have swore it was 178. I don't know how my numbers in my notes are incorrect, and also the, all the dogs, all three of them are broken. All of them, yeah. It's a fucking circus over there. <laughs> yes, they chose right in the middle of our grand reintroduction to all bark for no goddamn reason. <laughs> all right, maybe they're excited for the show. This is them heralding. This is the heralding, yeah. heralding call to the return to, to the show. Dogs give it three barks. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was only three. <laughs> it's uh it's it gonna end wow oh that was weird that was weird so we have three dogs now i'm gonna we're gonna talk through it that's so that's that's new okay yeah so uh when did uh when did that happen um i don't know when did i text you scroll back <laughs> <laughs> um we got her a couple months ago her name's cleo mm-hmm. um the naming, the naming on that is kind of funny because I we we had had a whole different actually wow I totally forgot what it was now it was a really stupid one of those like like thought bubble things where it's like you make an association you make an association you make an association mm-hmm. and I I had said she looked like a fox oh that's what it was I said she looked like a fox. Nice. I see and, this all coming together now. Yes, and then rapidly, Foxy Cleopatra came up, sure. and that's what it was. Bob's your uncle. Her name's Cleopatra. We call her Cleo. I like it. I like it. That's a that's a silly one. It's a cute dog. She it's is. Dog. She is a goddamn menace. Like yeah, eighty five percent of the time. But she's adorable. She is fun. She she likes to have fun. Um, she is also the source of a lot of dog related anxiety around the house because. Cooper and Dexter are having a hard time adjusting to her presence. Mm. And um, actually, Cooper literally had to go on anti-anxiety medication because it was triggering his pancreatitis symptoms. Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, this is far too much. They're getting a little bit better, though. De- Dexter is actually lagging behind. At first, he was getting along slightly better with her than, damn it, than Cooper was. And now... I would say that role is reversed because Cooper will play with her occasionally, but then he also still 
tries to fucking kill her sometimes. <laughs> but we got her um, right before it Halloween. It goes from zero to 60. We got her right before Halloween, though. So uh, I'm picturing, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who who played Igor? <laughs> Marty Feldman. <laughs> Marty Feldman. It, you know when he when when he goes and he, and he bites he he bites the wolf scarf or whatever the hell it is. Yes, that's what I'm picturing. Like it's like playful, but I'm also going to rip your feet off. <laughs> uh, that was kind of what Cooper does because he the when they decide to play, there is a lot of barking. It was different than the barking you all just heard. That was the we heard something or someone was at the door barking. Mm. They bark at each other in kind of, and like, kind of like growl at each other slash like sing at each other. It almost sounds like mm-hmm. it's funny. They don't like play with like a toy together. If if she tries to take a toy from one of the other two, they just drop the toy and like they won't tug of war with her or anything. But they she, they'll run around with her. Like especially yeah. if we're outside, like they'll run around out in the back together. Nice, nice. I uh, I have a new addition. Okay. To, to my family. Uh, this is news to me. I hadn't heard anything of this. You hadn't heard it. You hadn't heard about my child. <laughs> you have a child. I have a child. Oh man, the hiatus is over. We're back. Can, can you vamp? The child your, has been born. Can you vamp about your child for like thirty seconds? Because I accidentally kicked the table and spilled some of my beer and it's dripping. Oh no! Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. I feel like I don't really need to. You, you please go ahead and clean up. Uh, I feel like I don't really need to vamp because we're just we're just open. We're honest with the listeners. I mean, we, we, told them, we told them you were having a child, so talk about your child. Oh, yeah, sure. I could do That's that. That's what I meant. Uh, your child for 30 seconds. He's, he's here. He's awesome. He uh, is sleeping right now because he sleeps through the night at less than four months old. It's fantastic. That's been great. He's really silly. And that's actually what I was about to tell. That's the story that I was about to tell was how ridiculous he is. Um, he, earlier today... He, I was holding him up, and uh, he likes to look at himself in the mirror. He thinks oh. that's hilarious. So I'll hold him in front of the mirror, and I'll do funny things with him. I'll make him dance. I'll make him make him do a little jiggle, mm-hmm. right? So I get him closer to the closer to the mirror, further from the mirror. He thinks it's hilarious. So today, for whatever reason, he was feeling a little extra crazy, and has been, for lack of a better term, talking. All day. <laughs> Just <laughs> making all sorts of ridiculous noises. High ones, low ones. Just really exploring the vocal range. Yes. Right? And exploring I was him in front of the mirror. And he goes, he makes a noise. And then he starts like smiling and like gurgle laughing at the noise that he makes. So then he keeps doing it and he keeps making different noises and smiling at himself. And then he makes one noise that's a little bit too high and made himself cry. And I was like, dude, you did this to yourself. <laughs> he scared himself? He did. He did. Yeah. He was not He was not thrilled with the sound that came out of him. Neither was I. For <laughs> God's it was very high pitched. Uh, but no, he's here. He's awesome. And uh, as I mentioned, he's sleeping, which is great. He's a good sleeper at night. Not a good napper. Not a good napper. I can confirm. Not a good napper. <laughs> can confirm. Yeah. We were on the phone for all of two minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony called me this weekend as we were like, okay, finally, we're, we're, we're definitely, definitely going to do it this week. Bring it back after a false start last week. And uh, he, he calls me on a Saturday afternoon, evening. It's like, hey, the baby just went down. He'll be asleep for a little while. Let's start to hash these things out. <laughs> and he's awake. <laughs> and that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> so over the course of several calls in that span of time, we uh, we, we, we talked it out through through the baby crying, through the change of the baby. Um, the all those fun things. 
the changing of the baby, not to be confused with the changing of the guard. They're very similar. <laughs> uh, Al, yes. it's been a minute, but yes. I do believe that we drink beer on the show. Usually, yes. What are we drinking today? Uh, so we closed our run pre-hiatus with a Newberg beer. We opened the show, the very first episode, with a Newberg beer. <laughs> Let's bring it back with a Newberg beer. It's a perfectly timed one for multiple reasons. Layered choice by Anthony, in fact. Uh, so, so wait, so to be clear, Newberg beers, while they show up a lot throughout the run of this show, they are also indicators of something large happening. Correct. Momentous. Got it. Got it. Yes. Um, Newberg Brewing's Winter Wonderland. It's a brown ale with spices. No. Spices. Spices. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not doing that, dude. We did that one last summer, I believe, during the pandemic. Is that when we did it? I think so. Maybe it was the summer. It's been a while. Before. It's been a while. Um, it's been over a year, for sure. God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this beer was born here, which is to say in Newburgh. It's one pint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a win- with, with an askew arrow. <laughs> yes. Um, the the arrow is pointed directly into the river, not at the building. <laughs> right, it's brewed right here, right in the water. Right here in this sloppy, muddy water. Um, it's probably brewed and canned by Newberg Brewing Company, Newberg, New York, USA. It's 4.2% alcohol by volume. <laughs> I love this. I love where this is going. Drink it local. It's a winter wonderland. Brown ale with assorted spices. Like cinnamon, nutmeg, <laughs> clove, star anise, and ginger juice. I, I read that as it's a winter wonderland. Brown ale with assorted spices, like uh, cinnamon, nutmeg. I'm not really sure where we put it in here. <laughs> you know, spices. It could be anything. Spices. <laughs> Sand from Arrakis. <laughs> I mean, they often quote in the book that the spice smells kind of like cinnamon. They do? Yeah. Interesting. So they do have cinnamon. Yes. Interesting. It is supposed to be our universe, just like, I don't know. 15,000 years from now, 12,000 years from now, something like that. So the claim there being that cinnamon exists, yes. This is a <laughs> survived Earth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why not? All right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty strong, it's a good spice. I like cinnamon. I like me some cinnamon. A little cinnamon stick in certain things. I like that too. Yes. I, I suppose yeah. you could serve this garnish with a cinnamon stick. I, I don't see why anyone would object to that. That's true. I mean, you could serve anything with a cinnamon stick, right? Yeah, it, I mean, just it's, it's injection. Like, that's the problem. It would be in keeping. It would be in keeping with. Please, sir, please not serve me that. Can you please steak. take that out of my spaghetti? <laughs> um, or spaghetti, or a whole a whole ass star anise if you if you prefer it. I guess because that's in here too. So yeah, I I made my own five spice mix. Like mm, all spice, no, five no. spice. Five Spice. Yes. Um, because I happen to have... I needed Five Spice. I don't have Five Spice, Wait, but I happen you, to have the Five Spices. You were able to unite the Five Spices? I was able to unite the, in a coffee grinder. Naturally. Well, which is reserved for spices. We, God, we don't... You know, you don't grind coffee in there. It would... That would be some fun. We get it. Coffee. You guys don't smoke weed anymore. You're our parents. You're responsible. <laughs> Not one of those. We do have one of those, too. Not that we ever used it, but like the little grinder, the hand one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got that. Uh, thinking that it would work. Um, that doesn't... The holes are way too big for yes. many spices. Um, d- I, uh, naive as I am, I did not know that that's what it was for until after the fact. 
<laughs> I am not hip. <laughs> Sir, I'll have one of your finest marijuanas, please. Yes, can I, I would like one weed. <laughs> Dandelion. Uh, cool. Ginger juice. What's that? <laughs> the juice of a ginger? The juice of baby gingers. <laughs> oh, so, fun fact, a uh, friend of the pod, Vicky, um, her boyfriend... Hey, her, her, her boyfriend of several years, arrived to a party one evening that I was present for. Let me get this straight. You're going to name... You're not going to name the person who the story is about, but you're naming the significant other of the person who the story is about. Well, I don't think we've ever talked about him on the show before. We've never sure. mentioned his name on the show before. So... I feel like you're being very cagey about his name. His name is Jed. How could I know that for sure? I actually yeah. do know that I have met him. So, haven't you met him? <laughs> anyway, Jed arrived. This, this story checks out. Yes. Jed arrived at a party that I was present for with his own little tub of ginger juice to add to beers throughout the course of the night. Huh? Yep. Wait, happened. this is a thing? No. Oh. It's, it's something he did. It's not a thing. Okay. They, Newberg clearly caught on. Oh, no. You can put ginger in beer. Absolutely. Ginger juice. Yeah, correct. Okay. Ginger juice, ginger shavings, ginger extract, whatever. Is ginger into... juice boiled ginger? Yeah, I mean, it's... Is well, it ginger not, tea? Not... What's the difference between ginger juice and ginger tea? No, like, it, you can, like, juice ginger root. Can you juice a ham? You can rum a ham. <laughs> <laughs> you can, ju- like, ginger, if you, like, shave it, it, like, sure. juice comes out. It juices? You can, you can uh-huh. juice a ginger, uh-huh. yes. All right. I've zested a ginger. Yeah, uh, you can do that too. And I imagine that the ginger juice effervesced when you did so. That's fair. It was gooey. Yeah. So ginger juice. All right. So he brought a flask full of ginger juice. Yeah. Ginger juice extract. Yes. And why was he putting it in beer? Is this a thing that's good? He liked it. Interesting. Did you try it? I did. Did you like it? I was too drunk. I don't remember. Gotcha. I don't think I I don't think I wholly objected to it, but like. It's not something I would... Well, for one thing, I wouldn't have gone through the process of acquiring and bringing my own. Because it wasn't even like it was in a... It's not like he bought ginger juice extract in a bottle. Like, he had, like, a Tupperware... Like, a little Tupperware vial-type container. Okay. With These drops were put in little... Like, you put a drop in... The, what was he... I want to know the amount that was going <sighs> A dash? A splash? A splash. Dash or a, a splash. splash. A, splash. a splash. What's the difference? A dash is tiny. A dash... It, like you, like when you make it old fashioned. Okay, a splash, like you actually like are pouring a little. Yes, yes, it, a dash and it of bitters when it you know? hits it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the dashes. I use a lot of them. Like it was definitely less than an ounce. Okay. But I don't. Like you didn't measure it by hand. I don't know why this is so fascinating to me. No, it was. I was fascinated while watching him do it. I, I was watching him do it throughout the course of the night, and I was like, why? And mm. then finally, I tried it. I just don't really re- like. I mean, it tastes like ginger and beer. I don't remember what beer I was drinking. That I put it in, but where did he come up with this idea? Is this something other people do? It's something that More I can, importantly, it's what something is that Jed I can, short for nothing actually. That's his, <laughs> that's his given name is Jed. Jed throw? No, it's not Jed throw toll. <laughs> Jedediah? <laughs> no, it's definitely not Jedediah. That's everyone's first thought. Um, mm. It's not Jedward, Jed? though. We do call Jetson? him that sometimes. So he has looked into. Jedsper? Legally changing his name after I told him that there was a football player named Jedrick Wills. 
he was very intrigued by the idea of being Jedrick. <laughs> okay. He's kind Not of a Jedrick. weird guy. Good guy. Kind of a weird guy. Mm-hmm. He looked into changing his yeah. name. He, he wasn't yeah. going to do it, but he looked you into can, what you, would you be involved in changing his name to Jedrick. Yes. Jed. 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 I like, I like, I think Jed Throw was my favorite. I'm going to do with that one. <laughs> Jed Throw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ginger, ginger and uh, ginger juice. Ginger, ginger juice. Yeah, getting back to this beer, though, um, it's not uncommon, especially for winter-type beers like this, to, like, age the beer with ginger juice extract. Not, like, add it right before you sip it, you know? Sure. I can smell it. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely in there. I actually have a, uh, I I mean, is a winter wonderland, does this qualify as a Christmas beer? It's holiday beer, yeah. Holiday beer? I mean, uh, you definitely. This is definitely a beer that you want to drink when it's cold. This is not something I, you necessarily want to crack out in a ninety-five. I had day. one the other day called Fugly Sweater. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I, it's funny. I didn't have enough for the show. <laughs> it's okay. I have so many beers for you right now. Oh God, I don't have any more room. I Some know. of it is just in the garage. It's a good thing. That's fine. I don't have all of it in my fridge either. It's a good thing we finally started getting back to to doing the show because we're reaching a critical mass of. We, are. we might have to retire some of the old ones. There's one or two that we could probably afford to do that. Yeah. Also, the, like a lot of the ones I've acquired more recently for the show, definitely going to be better beers than those. So that we're uh, okay. talking about retiring. So. so should we just keep having the good stuff and just keep pushing off on some of the other stuff until we, let, one let of those cr- days when we run out? And let the cream like, rise oh. to the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sitting here smelling the beer since you talked about it, and mm-hmm. I can smell all or most of these assorted spices. Yeah, I, I'm I, I can too, and I usually I can't pick that stuff out. It's funny because the first thing you said, oh, I definitely smell the ginger, but the first thing I smell when I smell it is the star anise. Yeah, no, that's that's strong. But the uh, the reason I think that the ginger hit me first is that I'm really hit or miss with it. I definitely smell the cinnamon and nutmeg, clove. I'm having a tough time picking out individual. Look for that sweetness in there. Okay, we've snorted the beer enough. Let's drink it. All right, shall we try it? Cheers. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, dude, look at this. Oh, my God. The logo. <laughs> you know, I, there was a version of this where I was going to literally intro you to do that, and I kind uh-huh. of lost it along the way. And, uh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's it's a heart because it's made from the heart. Brewed with heart, damn it. Huh. It is a unique beer. I've had this one a bunch of times because I bought a case of this. So I feel like – hang on a second. I'm going to have to go for another sip on this one. It's a complex beer. you got to spend some time with it. While I smell everything, you don't necessarily taste it all. I don't taste anything. Yeah, so I mean, that's what kind of part of that is what goes into. I mean, you can taste it. It's more subtle in taste than it is on the nose. But um, when you age stuff, sometimes that only comes out as aroma, not hmm. so much as. I mean, like, you know, if you put it in the boil, like, you're going to get some of the bittering from it. So like, you put it in at the end, usually, or you age it on it. So, like, some of it's. Maybe it's going to come out more strongly in aroma than in taste, but you can taste them. Although I find it actually harder to identify them by taste. Like I can taste yeah. like the medley of them in there. This is, I'm, I, I gotta be honest with you. After I smelled it, I was really excited. And after I tasted it, I feel very let down. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. That's a shame. I like this beer Maybe. a lot. I want, I want those flavors. I want more. There, I mean, they are there. You just have to kind of pick them out. Hmm. It tastes like a Christmas cookie that is now stale. No. <laughs> is, my, is my beer bad? <laughs> no. I mean, mine's from the same batch, and it tastes exactly how I remember it tasting, so. Uh, uh, 
I'm a, I'm going one thuckle. Oh, that's that is disappointing. I'm gonna yeah. go. Let me go two thuckles. Two thuckles. Yeah, I I want to like it. I really do. I do. And I'm I don't sensing dislike a lot of it. that. I'm sensing a lot of that um, in our discussions <laughs> about beer tonight. I'll leave the rest of that. <laughs> well, if I don't it, even know if that was in if, in, if it, in pre-recording. Say, if it makes not. it if it makes it to the cold open, which may or may not be at the beginning of this episode, who knows? Who knows? Um, who can say? There's a non-zero chance this episode never gets released because oh, I still Jesus. have to edit it. <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm gonna try and make this as easy and uh, come on. This should be it. No, that it's it's it, it should be it should be fun. We don't have Brian. Be, we don't have Brian saying fun. anything we need to get rid of. Brian or Gary? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. Actually, Gary is. <laughs> Gary takes the cake. It's not even close. That one was. That means it was. That can't even be gold. part of the. That can't even be part of the, the the lost episodes. No, it can't. It can't. We will get shut down. And totally, totally unintentional too. Like mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form intended. The 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 sheer the shock in his voice and on his face because we could see it after it happened was just wonderful. <laughs> the, for for the listeners, uh, we're not going to say what he said. No, but it was it was a slip. It was not something that he intended to say at all. But it was not a good thing. This is what and happens. He said it. This is what happens went, when oh. you get really high and really drunk and then record a podcast. Right, right. But Sometimes was, you slur your speech. He and it he might, does it, but he catches himself immediately. He goes. He caught oh, himself oh, before no. I caught what he said. Oh no! It was it was only the oh no that even triggered for me what it was that he said. That's what we may never be able to do a live show with him. We can't let him get high. <laughs> he's so high sometimes. He's so high. Like during the show. Like he's he's so high a lot of the times, not on the show, but like mm. during the show he's sometimes so high. Hi Gary. All, all of a sudden I taste the beer. <laughs> Would you like to bump it to two thuckles? I'll allow it. Uh, it's a good beer. I, right? You know what? I will I will let's reassess the thuckle situation. Uh want to get a little further into it. Okay. I like I said, it's a complex beer. It's a good beer. I was kind of shocked. Like I mean, there's no accounting for taste, literally in this case, taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a little surprised. I was like, I it tastes pretty good. Like if you like the smell of it, I feel mm-hmm. like you should like the taste of it, even if you well, didn't were, quite get what you wanted out of it. There was also the weird thing where I kind of like the smell of licorice, and I don't like licorice. So there's a little bit of that going on too. Really? Yeah. I've never, I've never encountered someone who doesn't, who likes the smell and not like mm-hmm. taste. Usually, you're all in or all out on licorice. Yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 I know it's weird. It's just, it's just who I am. Now. <laughs> uh, I also really like fennel, so I it, nothing makes sense. I want to like fennel. My mom dies a little on the inside when I don't like the fennel as much as she does. The fennel? The fennel, correct. The fennel. What does she do with it? Well, you know, obviously your mom and my mom being sisters, you know that that's the thing. What? (laughs) That wasn't supposed to be the revelation. Um, Oh my god. They they do that weird thing where they just buy fennel and then stick it in a bowl of water and stick it in the fridge. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times it's just, hey, you want some fennel, let's crunch on some fennel real quick. Gotcha. Yeah, we used Um, to put that out at the holidays after you ate way too much food before you had dessert. And yeah, it's, it's like a digestive... You. Yeah, yeah. It brings, brings the stomach down so you can load it back up. Yeah, that's correct. We, as Italians, we eat a lot, and then we come up with ways to help us deal with the fact that we ate a lot so that we could eat a lot more. Yes, I... 
I am not like I would never win on a man versus food sort of thing where like just eat ten pounds of food right now. No, but because I'm Italian, I can marathon eat from sun up to sundown, like just perpetually all day. Like it doesn't matter the size of the meal. If I want to eat more later, I can and I will. Yeah, yeah. I I like I have these vague memories. So like Christmas has changed over the years, but like the earlier Christmases when I was younger, I remember them being at uh mama and pop ups mm-hmm. our grandparents yes and there being manicotti before the main entree like yeah. before the ham and everything else which I, of course there was like also a bunch of starchy vegetables but like before all of that we had appetizers which yes, were like we, we salamis still... and cheeses and yeah no we, we there's always antipasto and then yeah, yeah. there's Almost but you, always. But we ate the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Christmas is probably even a bigger eating holiday for me personally than Thanksgiving. Um, mm. Not that I don't eat a ton of Thanksgiving because I typically do. But historically going back, Christmas has been smaller the last few years. But like we used to have like 30 people on Christmas. Mm. Um, and everyone would show up. I had a ritual to Christmas that for like several years, it was kind of. Great. Like talking about like high school through college. And, you know, we all get up early, 730 ish, do some presents. Great. Have some breakfast. Usually it was bread in the oven. You remember bread in the oven? I don't. What's a. No, you've definitely had it, even if you didn't like, quote unquote, know the name, because I know for a fact my dad probably made it when we stayed at your house. Like in those years when we used to come down from Vermont and like. Sure. And it's you take a loaf of Italian bread, you slice the whole loaf of Italian bread, butter the ever-loving fuck out of it, and then broil it. Huh. Like, basically garlic bread, but without the garlic. Sans garlic. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, he loves to dip it in his coffee, which I find revolting. But oh. uh, I would eat the bread and drink coffee, but I would sure. I don't want the bread with the butter in my This is th- uh, This is brand new information to me. I don't remember. You, you definitely had to have had it when you were, like, 11. And, like, just mm. don't remember it. Because, like, you had it that one, like, Saturday morning while we were staying with you guys, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, we haven't had it in a while, <laughs> but, we, you know, it's a, a frequent, there's a frequent well, how, Christmas. How bizarre. Frequent how, Christmas it's... breakfast for us, right? So, we, in stages, everyone goes upstairs, showers, gets dressed, whatever. And this it, always gets at some point, I, you know, especially, you know, when I used to keep a buzz cut and I, you know, I could be in and out of the shower in, like, 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, be ready to go. Put on clothes. I'd come back down and I'd take the baton from my dad on the cooking, anticipating everyone getting there for Christmas. 12 o'clock on Christmas, there's always basketball starts, NBA basketball. For whatever reason, there's always like three or four basketball games on Christmas Day. Weird. And for like several years in a row, the Knicks would be playing at noon and like they were kind of good during some of those years. So I'd be like cooking food and watching the Knicks and then people start arriving like 1230, 1 o'clock. And the food just, it's coming out. There's the antipast. Sure. Who, who made sausage bread? That's coming out, et cetera, et cetera, so on. Two o'clock or so, let's have whatever it was for that year. It might be managot, it might be ravioli, it might be lasagna. There was always one of those things at a Christmas mm-hmm. dinner. Well, before the Christmas dinner, technically. And then we'd put that away and out would come the Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. It's always prime rib. Okay. Um, and ham, I think. But it's always prime rib. <laughs> I would like it to be prime rib. 
there was turkey ham next to that prime rib. Yeah, <laughs> I well, like both of these things to be cooked. Some years <laughs> there was a turkey next to the prime rib. Some years nope. it's a ham. Most no, often no, it's no. a ham. No but, turkey. No, we've done Thanksgiving. We've done nope. turkey and Christmas, but I, I won't allow it. <laughs> the prime rib is the main event, and especially when you cut the ribs off of the prime rib and then you broil those. Oh my god, so good. Hmm. That's that sounds nice. That's like the third layer of appetizer, right? Because there's usually the antipas, and then there's the ravioli, and then there's the prime rib while waiting for the prime rib. Sure. The rib. Because, you know, you just need something to hold you over. Exactly. For, the, that... fi- for the five minutes <laughs> since we've last eaten. And I'm, I'm, if I don't most... keep this train going, it's going to stall. Yes, yes. This is one of those things you have, to, you have to keep the coal firing, otherwise we're never getting this train started again. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, and then it's all these sort of sides or whatever. And then the desserts is the thing, right? So you have desserts right. too, and there's all of the cookies that you've ever heard of. In desserts many. too, the sequel. <laughs> yeah, and then many many cookies you've never heard of before as well. Sure. Plus whatever other desserts other people have brought. And sometimes we have visitors who weren't there for Christmas dinner who then arrived for Christmas dessert as well. Oh, okay. So okay. It's just, it used to be a production and a half. It was great. Sure. I loved it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. I, uh, I, I don't, there's not many big, big holidays of that we are a part of these days. Uh, Christmas Eve is probably the biggest. Um, it's the, uh, We don't really see my dad's side of the family a lot altogether. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the days that we do. And it, uh, but usually like Kim and I are running around on Christmas and Christmas Eve. Like we, we're hitting like four different places in two days. And it's, it's usually, it's usually a lot. Um, this year. It's, it's too much. Uh, we're doing one of those earlier so that we could spend a little bit more time. Well, that's why it makes sense that you guys started hosting Christmas, right? Or like holidays, right? Because like you're close enough to Kim's mom where she can come over. You're close enough and her dad too, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that bad of a trip for your parents either, so they can come to you as well. And you're, you're the center yeah. point between those two groups, well, right? Uh, we only we only hosted Christmas once or twice, though. Or what, what was it, was it Thanksgiving that you guys were hosting? I know you guys hosted. No, a we go to of, my parents for Thanksgiving. I know. I thought you guys hosted. I did a. I did a. I did a Fourth of July party. That was a. That was. A, I. I've. I don't think I've ever cooked so much. Really. And eaten so little. Ah, yeah, that happens. And I was like, I. I made these very delicate, beautifully smoked ribs mm. that were devoured, and unfortunately, I feel those, like they were not savored. Those wings that you made for. Your pre-child party was... Uh, my, pre- the, my pre-child party. <laughs> <laughs> the impromptu pre-child barbecue. No, it was prompt-to. The, no, no, I, would, <laughs> I, I, was, I was told it was happening. I was like, oh, hey, I'm done. Uh, this is fun. I think I was told by you. I think you actually let me know that it was happening. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it, that was the whole thing that we don't need so to... So we're all we coming over to- that day? I, sure. <laughs> that's, that's something we don't need to document on the podcast. That was... Uh, the the D'Amico clan, um, the, foi- the foibles of the D'Amico clan that <laughs> you know, need to be documented here. We, we, we discuss it. We're good. <laughs> but uh, no, that was good. That was good. We played some... Uh, what, what about the chicken, though? I didn't think the chicken was good. I was actually not happy with it. Oh, I like the wings. I don't know. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. No, they were fine. They tasted fine. The problem was that they were supposed to be party wings. But I reached into the freezer and I grabbed the party wings. And I saw that the date was coming up rapidly mm-hmm. and the one next to it the date was much further out. i was like mm-hmm. i'll grab those they're fresher got home put them in the freezer took them out the day before to thaw and went son of a bitch. 
bitch, these are drumsticks. <laughs> it's really not. I was, I was actually, I, uh, it, 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 it took me a couple hours to recover from that one. I was really upset. I had big plans for the wings. <laughs> I mean, they tasted delicious. So I don't really give a shit what form they came in. But also, if I had done, think about this though. If I had done that with a party wing that has a little bit flatter, has more skin on it, it crisps up so nice. And it sucks in all those juices right before that happens. They come out so... Al, when I tell you, <laughs> these wings come out so good. Listen, I don't think we have to worry about more juices because they were so messy, but they were delicious. They were messy. They were messy. They were, they were They were. an interesting level of spicy, too. Yes. I say interesting because it was very inconsistent throughout the wing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I can't recall that level of specificity. I just know that I like the flavor and the spice of it. It was good. Thank you. I would also like to let you know that it will never be able to be recreated. Why? I could get them close, I'm sure. Uh, because one of those, it, whatever. You I do, just you kitchen yeah. synced it. I kind of. I had a plan. You it's all part plan. of the plan. You know what they say about plans, right? It's like a. It's like a dog chasing a car. Uh, and just, I, it, I just, you know, I, I pull up this. I like. I know the flavor profile I'm going for, and then I just, then I pull over this, pull open the spice rack, and whatever. Whatever will yield that result, I start adding. Okay. And then, you know, then then wet things, same thing. <laughs> then, I honestly, I, when I decided honey, like, I had already had something sweet in there, and I was like, I want something to, I want it to, I want a little sticky. And I added honey. Like, that was how that happened. And they, they were very good. They were. But the, uh, they, weren't, they weren't party wings, which is what they were. Well. Honestly, that was a big disappointment for me. I'm really glad that you enjoyed them. <laughs> uh, this is it's making me feel really Listen, good. Listen, we don't make wings anymore. We just make buffalo drumsticks. Yeah, I, I'm, all, I'm about the wings. Well, sure, but more. No, I'm not about it's, 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 it's quality. It's quality. No, but like they come out pretty damn juicy. And like you can, you can tear a hunk of drumstick off. And sop it up in the sauce on your plate. You could. It's I, it's also it, it's about the aesthetic. I've just oh not, no, it's god awful. I w- it's not the type uh, of thing you'd eat with a date, but like you know, it's, it it's a, it looks like a baby's leg. <laughs> <laughs> I have the baby to back that up. Wow, <laughs> he's a skinny baby. I can see it. <laughs> he 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 uh, he is a skinny baby. Looked at a picture. Of, uh, there's a picture of him. When he was born, in one hand, one of my hands, <laughs> <laughs> resting on my chest. Oh, man. Uh, the spear has not changed much since we started talking. I was trying to give him more time. I'm still going one buckle, one buckle on it. Okay. Al. What are we consuming? What, uh... No, no, news, what, what, news, news, news. Yeah, let's do, let's do, uh, let's, let's go to Al on set <laughs> with some news and nuggets. What's Ready on set? What, Ready on what set. Are the, what are the haps? What's happening? In the world of movies, because so I'm, many, so many things. I'm so out of touch; it hurts. So many things, and I don't have enough of them for us. But it's okay, okay. because we, we're going to run pretty long on this, regardless, because sure. it's it's us getting back and just sure. uh, mixing it up a little bit. So let's talk about that trailer you watched mere seconds before I did. we fired this recording up. That was a, this is already an hour ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's Spider. Is it called Spider Man Across the Spider Verse? Uh, is it it's, just called Across it, the Spider-Verse? It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2? No. Right? Or is it Across the Spider-Verse? It's Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. No, Part 1 was, I think, Part 1 of the trailer, wasn't it? Oh. That changes everything. Yeah. Is there a Part 2 of the trailer? Um, Not yet, because that came out like four days ago. 
Oh, okay, interesting. Anyway, there, so across. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Oh no, wait, no, I was wrong. There, the internet has been very confusing. I think this is one of those things where it's just like a branding issue because it's all brand new to all of us. Mm. So I just looked up on IMDb. It is Spider-Man colon across the un- across the Spider-Verse. Across the universe. It's Spider-Man and the Beatles. <laughs> I was thinking about across the universe the other day because I was watching Get Back and I turned it off. Um, Spider-Man colon across the Spider-Verse dash part one. Okay, so it is a part one. It seems so, yes. Is it like a history of the world part one thing? Well, I imagine they're going to do another another one, so no. I hope so. I hope so. I, the first one's so good. It's so good. It I'm is. very excited to see this. I saw it twice in fairly quick succession, and not since then. The, oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I think I I think I'm in the same boat. I may have watched it or put it on one more time in the background, but didn't actually pay too much attention to it. But I I just love it. Uh, it's so the art is ama- the art style is amazing. I really enjoy it. The music is killer, and it was a, it was one of the best Spider-Man stories. Yes. You know, people, really, really enjoyable. people complained about the art style, and I think it was just because it was not... I think people have gotten so used to there being, like, two art styles for the last, mm. like, decade or so, and so that threw them off. I don't recognize this. I don't like it. That's, like, Bas- everything. Everything on the yes. internet. Yes. It, there are... The monoculture had double-edged swords, and one, it's, like, everyone is used to certain house styles for certain things. And that can be really great, and also it can be really terrible. So, yeah. whatever. Um, I liked it. I thought it was unique. Um, because, like, Same. yeah, it's not, like, what I'm used to seeing, but it looked cool, so yeah, who cares? Yeah, it looked great. So, it's so it's so fun to watch. that. Uh, the trailer didn't give us much of anything, but it was just exciting to see it, it coming back. Spider on spider crime? Spider on spider crime, yeah. Uh, that, was that... One of the characters they showed at the end? I don't remember. Mm. Is it the, the Oscar Isaac Spider-Man? Well, Oscar Isaac is listed in the cast of this new one. So Then that's probably who it is. Because he, was, he, was, he did the voice of one of them in that I in forgot that, that he scene. did that, yeah. Dude, that guy's everywhere. Yeah, he's a good actor. Is, is what he, it is. Is. he is. He needs to be, he needs to be in more things, though. Like, yes. more things, like, prominent. Correct. He's, he's, he's falling into Hugo Weaving territory. It's because he got kind of a late start. I don't know why. Mm. In America and in the UK, when you're a good actor, it's a long time for people to realize that. And you sometimes miss your window. Uh. Because most famous actors in the US just look good. Sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's like a wildly different way to stardom in the US versus the UK, right? Because in the UK, to be someone you have to be a good actor right whereas in the u.s to be someone you just have to be attractive and have a good agent yeah yeah that's fair or not fair. which is why there that's are so many accurate <laughs> it's, why, it's, why, it's why we it's why we know so many british actors like man that that guy is so good like why is he such a good or or yeah girl too both you know that that actor or actress is an incredible actor or actress from the UK, and like, why can they do like better accents and this and that? It's like, well, because they're really fucking good at their job. Because they have to hone their craft on some fucking stage in Liverpool or something. I don't yeah. know for like ten years before anyone would really? give them a job. Major major props to people that put the time in. Yeah, you know, I. Uh, it's funny. Kim ha- Kim has this ear for uh, spotting English actors, English Australian and South African actors. That are not that are doing an American accent when I can't tell at all, and she's like, 
I'm getting better at it. They're not from here. And I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how it is? I'll, I'll tip it off to you. It's the non-regional accent. They don't sound like they're from anywhere. Mm, it's too generic? Yes. You, are you, oh, hang on. Are you telling me that they're too good at it? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Mind blown. You know, what it, I th- you know why I think it is? It's because like, Would you say they act with heart? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> no, because like we laugh at like Andy Lincoln for doing a Southern accent because it's god awful. It's like, but it's because he's yeah. trying to do too thick of an accent and it like peeks through that this isn't right. Carl, <laughs> <laughs> those memes are so good. Yes, um, God, I can't believe that show is still going. I mean, it's 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 ending just way too slowly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Dude, I thought, right. it was, I thought it was ending, and it was like, no, this is only the first part of the end. I was like, Jesus Christ. Right. The end is the beginning is the end. It's Popular so track. I'm just... I'm from just, Batman and Robin. <laughs> until it's actually officially done for like mm-hmm. three years, I'm not going to believe it that it's done. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's not, right? Because they're doing the final season of this one, and then there's the other series, and they'll probably add another series. And no, I just mean like this... I, I mean this series. Like, forget oh, about the, yeah, the yeah, universe, yeah. like this series. Hell, they just started the world beyond like a year ago. You know who's great? Who? Negan. What's his name? Someone asked me that the other Jeffrey day. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, I was like, it's a three. He's really I good. Thinking. I want to see him in more things. Yes. Yeah, he's really, really in the background. Um, but back to the Spider Verse across the universe. Yeah. Part two. Mm-hmm. Hey Jude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one where Spider-Man gets by with a little help from his friends. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, that's basically the plot of the first one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I forgot that they were going to definitely probably be doing a sequel to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of the perfect project for Lord and Miller. I'm glad that they're still, you know, doing it. Sure, sure. The, the one, My only thing with this is, like, what I, I, I'm still so confused about the ownership of spider-man yes and what what it all means and then the other day it really it really got to me it's like you know what i want to put on right now Mm. far from home okay i'm gonna watch the tom holland ones before december rolls around which is now i see where this is going yeah and then i go on disney plus to play it and it's not there and i went now hang on i was sold a bill of goods I was told that the MCU would be available to me on Disney+. Plus. Granted, I have the movie, so it wasn't a big deal. I just fired up the Apple TV app and played it from there. Mm-hmm. But this is horseshit. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when mega corporations share, I guess. I guess, but like, but it, like, it's not any, it wasn't anywhere for me to watch it. I'm actually searching that now. Um but I'm not used to looking this. No, rent on Prime Video. Yeah, no, it's actually not on a streaming site right now. That seems like a, a misfire, a miscalculation. Well, they normally do, like, <clears throat> in the old days before Disney+, Plus, <laughs> like, or, like, if you had something on, on demand, right, or on Netflix, yep. it would get pulled the month or two before the sequel comes out so that you have to rent or buy it mm-hmm. to watch it. I get... I get that that's that that's a thing. We are in that window right now. We are in that window. However, that's not that's not what you're promised with Disney Plus. But remember, Disney doesn't 
own these movies. They share these movies. That's the thing that's really messed up. I don't understand. This this movie should not be shared with because the same... Sony would fold if they didn't have this. When are they? Are, are, when when does Disney just buy Sony? Does that happen? <sighs> I don't know. Disney is Megacorp. I mean, they're they are run I by don't... Lord Business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lord Business. Or was it President Business? Which one was? No, it? it's Lord Business. <laughs> Lord, it's just business. Lord Business. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did they totally revert back the X-Men and Fantastic Four to... Or was that Fox? That was Fox. That was Fox. Yeah, so Fox gave that back to Disney. So I think... Right, and those you can watch on there, right? Probably not. I feel like those are available somewhere. Maybe they are now? Maybe. I'm not sure. This is, it just really bothered me. It really bothered me. It's part Because you go to the MCU tab, and it's not there, and it's like, hey, friend... This is part of the MCU. This is upsetting no. to me. It they're is, absolutely. They're not part of the MCU, though. They're not? No. Spider-Man? Homecoming and Far oh, From sorry, Home are not part of the MCU? I, I thought we were talking about... Oh, no, I'm, I'm yeah. back on this thing that's really bothering me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that and, like, MCU and things being or not being yeah. in there, Kevin Feige kind of quietly... This is not a full-blown note or new, but just kind of... Because there's not a concrete thing to hang your hat on yet, but... Mm. Um, Kevin Feige said that if they do anything with Daredevil, Charlie Cox is their Daredevil still. Yeah. Which is cool. That is cool. I just saw it the other day, so. Uh, uh, I don't know why I hesitated on saying his name, Brian. I was like, I, for some part of my brain was like, you can't say his name. And I don't know why. But was Brian it because said, I was hesitant maybe, to say Jed earlier? Maybe. Maybe it was. <laughs> Jed throw. Brian of the Spinchoon 3, who is definitely <laughs> okay to be named on this podcast. <laughs> he sent me an article about that the other day, and I was like, yeah, bring it on. I'm, I'm all for that. I say, um, considering all of the many failings of that pocket universe, let's call it. Um, pocket universe? Well, because it kind of existed, but also it kind of didn't. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Um, he was pretty singularly excellent in that role, and... That show had more highs than lows. Absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, specifically the Daredevil focused stuff. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like the, like the season one and season two of Daredevil, like, yeah. start to finish was pretty great. Yeah. And, and even, even his storylines in Defenders was, were, were decent. It was just the rest of the, they, they really just tanked everything. Yeah. Oh my well, God. Well, his show kind of drove that. Yeah, story, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and it's a shame. Like I, I like I, I still wanted, like I still want, like a really um, MCU style Daredevil movie. I always loved Daredevil, and um, to a fault because uh, I, I enjoy the movie. Um, but well, I, think, I think I think we've seen though now though that you can not one hundred percent of the time they're in about a fifty-ish percent clip, right? But you can have successful Marvel shows. Yeah, you can. And his stories maybe are better suited to shows than movies when you consider the stakes that that character is mostly working on. It could be, yeah. No, that's that, that's fair. Um, but I, I would be, I would like to see him come back. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, cross the, cross the Spider-Verse. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it, is a, it is a thing that we have not much. Is there a date? Um, sometime next year. Um, cool. Hang on a second. No, there, I think there was a date, but I gotta double check it real quick. Spider Verse Part One. Nope, just says twenty twenty two. Sorry. Cool. All right. Sweet. 
what's next on the Nugget Train? Um, so there's a Mass Effect television show that is in the when, works. That is a you had mentioned that the other day. Was that a Prime thing? So that's an Amazon Prime thing. So first of all, this came from a report on Deadline, and it was not a report about that there was going to be a Mass Effect show. There was this <laughs> huge <laughs> bit of news so, to me and many other sci-fi video game funneled. and television fans. Um, it was dropped amidst... I don't even know what you call this article. It's kind of a hype piece for Amazon generally and for the Wheel of okay. Time, that show that came out uh, a few right. weeks ago. Sure, sure. So I'm going to read you the headline. The Wheel of Time makes strong debut as Amazon Prime Video doubles down on genre with Mass Effect adaptation and prepares to usher in Lord of the Rings. That's... Well, <laughs> you, you, you just sprinkle that into a run-on sentence? That's how you announce Mass Effect is coming? That, that's what I'm saying! It's like, that should be its own big, hey, breaking news, we fucking <laughs> broke this story. They're currently hashing out with EA the rights to <laughs> license the fucking show about Mass Effect... And oh man! It's buried in a. We're pumping out our. We're pumping our own chests up because hey, this show that we worked really hard on that was based on a property that people really liked is performing well. By the way, maybe we're going to do some Mass Effect too. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like yeah, yeah. We're really great. Wheel of Time did great because that bodes well for Mass Effect, which's coming out next week. But also the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I remember I was I clicked on like this story and I was like. Wait, what? Oh, man. <laughs> and then I started seeing... It's a, so it's a real thing because, like, some of the top guys who are at BioWare... Top men. <laughs> some of the top men currently <laughs> at is, BioWare... Is that, family, is that Family Guy? Yes, top. Well, <laughs> it was it was a Family Guy joke about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Got it. Because it was at the end when they say, well, you know, they're arguing where's the Ark of the Covenant, whatever. He goes... We have we have our top men on this or whatever. He goes, what he goes, top men. <laughs> and then Peter, <laughs> Peter like way went over the top with the top men thing. Um, yeah, like they were kind of like not commenting on it, but just basically like they didn't come out and say, yeah, this isn't happening. They were all like, what do you guys think about that? Like, kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. oh shit, you know. Which is like, this is really exciting news because I always. There has been talks about doing a movie for almost 15 years. The game is almost 15 years old, the original one. Mm. Um, and I was super excited for the idea of that as a movie. And I was like, you know what? I don't think this works as a movie. I really started to think about this when Game of Thrones first started its reign of success. Like, man, this would work so well as an HBO show. Which, because back then, you know, sure, that was like ten your, years ago, your, HBO your TV. HBO was the only premium you know, network. TV. That was throwing around, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was throwing around that sort of money that you could actually make a legit sci-fi show. We were going like, to sit home and watch chocolate. Are you saying are you think you're going to watch chocolate? You're not fucking French, Peter. So this is super exciting news. That is cool. Um, what do you want from the show? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, to me, the thing is, I've seen a lot of people. Bitch and moan. And this is this started with the end of Mass Effect Three, where you know the whole what well, part of what made the game so novel was right. They had all these branching storylines that your decisions affected, and as you went further and further down the game, it cascaded into affecting how certain things and who showed up where and did what things on the game. Like your choices right. mattered, right? But when you end a story, eventually there has to be a limiting then of those branches 
people complain because there was one of three options, essentially, well, three and a half mm. endings that you could possibly have. I get it. But also, let's be realistic here. The resources required, like, it's not possible to end it in so many different ways, right? Wait, people online were upset about something? Well, it was a specific thing. And it's a thing that, like, I understand, but also, like, when you properly contextualize it, like, like okay, I get it. But put on your big boy pants. What do you like? It's about, how it's the journey, huh? How do you think you could do it the way you wanted it to be? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. let's let's be realistic. So to me, I always thought, okay, you're gonna have to basically quote unquote canonize a certain set of choices to sure. make a show or movie about those things, which people would go. Some people would go absolutely nuts about, and then the more adult people would be like, yeah, this is really cool. You know, but some people are going to throw feces at the wall because they're assholes. Like we just saw that happen with the Star Wars trilogy, right? Like it's going to be that on a slightly smaller scale because like there aren't quite as many Mass Effect fans as there are Star Wars fans, though there are many millions of them. You could do a story. uh, Complete, complete, complete aside with, I mean, it's tangentially related, Uh, but I think your soulmate lives around the corner from me. Who's that? I, I, I don't know. See, here's the problem. But uh, whoever it is drives a Volkswagen with an Aloha bumper sticker and an N7 badge on. Nice. And I was like, Al likes both of these things. <laughs> what, Hawaii? It's clearly his soulmate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said both of these things. I'm confused. Yep. Yeah, Hawaii and <laughs> Mass Effect. I mean, I really enjoyed my week and a half or whatever it was. Hawaii. <laughs> um. <laughs> That was a Mexico. I know. I, know. <laughs> I just remember your dad saying, your dad was toasted when he was doing that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you could do another story somewhere else in the universe. Like, there is an expanding universe to the Mass sure. Effect lore. But I think that would be cool. But also, uh, while I was digging back up this story, knowing that we were going to do it for the show, because this came out, that, that news came out like three weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally forgot. And you remember we talked about this on the show. Remember how Henry Cavill was doing some secretive stuff on the internet about Mass Effect? Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So I wonder how long the talks for this show have been in the works, because that would make a lot of sense. And also, he would be a good Commander Shepard. Oh, absolutely. He will be. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. Uh, he just put him... You know what? I think that, that might be the secret, right? That's the secret sauce, is put Henry Cavill in your video game things, and they will do fine. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I sense a theme. Well, didn't we have something for him? Cavill's Gavels? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think that's what we said. <laughs> we, we had to retire the we gotta old get phrase. Ca- we got to get Cavill's Gavels in there. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we had to retire the old phrase, so yeah. yeah. It's Cavill's well, Gavels. That's a shame. That's a shame. So on to my uh, final that, nail. That's cool. But before you, before you do that, speaking oh. of shows that are coming along, uh, did you know that there is a there is like a Halo teaser for a, for the Halo show that is eventually that is actually supposedly really this time, not just kidding, coming out. Well, I remember that was one of the last things we talked about in the months month or so leading up to our hiatus was mm. that it really truly is going to be a thing, and that there yeah, was Paramount talk Plus trailer coming out or whatever. Yeah. Did it did a teaser or whatever? Yeah, there's a teaser. I, I, I didn't see it. I was like, oh, cool. Let me know when it's ready. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember, wasn't there some mock-up or some like 
like still shot of like a CGI like of his like helmet or something like that. There may have been, but this is like uh, a shot from him from the back with a helmet going on. Okay, so it's still cool. like a little of voiceover the same, of the same thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, it's it's very short, but it's just the fact that it's like you know that, and then it says like Paramount Plus or whatever, which is like um, cool because now we're not just paying for that so that Kim can watch Bold and Beautiful. I could also watch Halo. Oh, I'm gonna need that login because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh cool what was your other thing oh, final oh hang on a second oh. let me expand on that let me expand on that nice before we get to the expand wow first halo tv series footage teases a trailer reveal at the game awards oh that's exciting also the game awards has really been ramping out the hype ramping up the hype machine because oh that's tomorrow shit well is it really oh, listen, how yeah. exciting i knew it was coming up but yeah thursday december 9th oh man if we could get some more Mass Effect, whatever, four, Ooh. five, two. Oh, by the time you hear this episode, a lot more has happened. <laughs> the guy the guy who hosts it, was it Jeff, Jeff Keighley? Is that his name? Jeff Keighley, yeah. Um, he said that double digits on new game announcements yeah. slash releases tomorrow. Ten new game announcements. At amazing. Least, at least. At least. Double digits. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry. Let me. This story was on Collider from yesterday. Uh, Paramount Plus's new Halo TV series has received a small teaser ahead of the release of the show's first look trailer, with the brief clip that shows a sneak peek of the Spartans in one of the set pieces of the film. It also revealed that the first look trailer would premiere at the Game Awards, offering the first extended look at the show since it was ordered. I might actually have to watch the Game Awards. That's, the first that makes years. a lot of sense because uh, Halo came out today, so that'll be cool to, to, to ride that hype. You know, I believe they call it Synergy in the biz. Sure. Synergy. Um, Pablo Schreiber is set to lead the show, which we knew, with Jen Taylor returning once more to voice Cortana. That's cool. Mm. And Natasha McElhinney is Spartan Program Director Dr. Halsey. I didn't know she was cast in the show. Cool. Um, other Spartan played by Bentley Kalu, Natasha Kolzak, and Kate Kennedy. I don't know any of those names. Uh, oh, Bokeem Woodbine is cast in the show. I had no idea. Along with Shabana Azmi, Olive Gray, Yaren Ha, Charlie Murphy, and Danny Sapani. I don't know any of those. Cool. Well, yeah. if the trailer comes out tomorrow, that'll be great. I'm excited that was about unexpected that. I'm going to have to watch the Game Awards. That's great. I'm also glad you said that, because otherwise I would have missed it. Yep, I had no idea. Missed it entirely. I had seen some snippets about like that it was coming, but I sure. thought it was like a week or two from now. Who knows? Right. Yeah, same. Um, it's like, it'll be here eventually, and then I'll probably catch up on it on YouTube after the fact. But no, if I know that it's coming, I'd definitely watch it. So anyway, as far as talking about things coming out in the next day or two, the final season of The Expanse, which, similar to the synergy of the Halo show and the new Halo game coming out in a couple of days apart, well, news about the Halo show, um, like a week ago, week and a half ago, the final book of the Expanse series released, dun, which I dun. have started reading. And also tomorrow, no, sorry, two days from now, the final season of the show on Amazon will be releasing. They're not concurrent. That one is will be concluding storylines from a couple of books before this. Unfortunately, Amazon and the production company decided that they no longer wish to go beyond this season. Mm. It's okay, because after the book that that's going to most closely hew to, there was like a 30 year time jump in the series for basically its own, not standalone trilogy. Cause none of this could happen without the series of books before it, but 30 years is a long time. Like most mm. of the major players are still involved in these three books, but um, 
there's a bunch of new characters brought in as well. And it's, I mean, some of it's continuing threads that they really kind of left along to the side after like the third or fourth book. Cool. So like that was cool and all. And I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying the book so far. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all ends, but uh, I'm super excited for the final season of the show to start. Um, I've really grown to love that show. I, I remember I had zero interest in watching it when it first came out because I just never have any interest in sci-fi shows. They tend to look cheesy and be cheesy, which that's fine. If that's for you, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I finally gave it a chance at the urging of um, my Dominic's friend, Brian. And uh, it's not like any of the other sci-fi shows I've ever seen it. The production quality, even when it was on sci-fi was higher than I was Mm -hmm. accustomed to. The performances are pretty great on the show actually they're not cheesy and Mm. i've enjoyed the hell out of the show and moving to amazon ultimately ended up being great for it so and it's it's cool we'll you know maybe i'll have to check that up one day it still may not be over after all of this because from what i understand and even in the, the the trailer that they released they kind of left the threads for if they get resurrected again again from its fan support they could do the time jump storyline maybe five years from now or something. Who knows? Interesting. They never really fully closed the book. That's kind of yeah. cool. I yeah. dig that. I, re- I remember feeling that way when, uh, you know, when they, when the third, when episode three was coming out being like, they're saying this is the end, but like, we know there's more one day, maybe we'll get it. And then sure <laughs> enough, we did. And I was yeah. happy with it. Fuck yeah. everybody else. <laughs> um, that's, that's my review. <laughs> awesome uh what are you uh what are you consuming there back in your trailer <laughs> yeah we probably should have spent a little bit more time announcing that we were doing new names for the segment <laughs> <laughs> well whatever yeah we never actually had a what was this what we're watching yeah what we're watching we're, 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 we're playing with names we're playing with the format it's fine what we're watching is going to become a, or what we're consuming as al pointed out earlier today was probably a better title for it it's probably something that we're going to do every week because uh it always changes and i like to know what's going on in the world of my cousin yeah well this is going to be a bigger one i'm sure after after this one the the format of this will change slightly because sure. you know we haven't really talked about these things in several months so there's like mm-hmm. a lot of things that i've been consuming and i imagine Maybe slightly less, but a fair amount you've been consuming as well. I got some stuff. Okay, good. Um, do you want to go tit for tat, back and forth? Sure. Uh, I uh, I feel like my list is probably longer, so I'm going to start. Oh, okay, go. Uh, first is uh, Baby's First Movie. What? <laughs> I made a point after we came home from the hospital the second time, which we're not getting into, <laughs> uh, okay. is in the past. Uh, that... My son is going to watch his his first movie that he's going to be on while he's in the room is The Dark Knight. <laughs> so the first movie that my son has ever seen is The Dark Knight. Now, was he confused on having seen the first one or? <laughs> he, seemed to, he seemed to follow it. <laughs> Which is great because my first movie, from what I understand, was Batman 89. Nice. Both I... of the best Jokers. Yeah, anyway, I forget that, was, that, that was it. That was just a little, little little nugget for you. I forget what movie it was that my parents said they took me to the first one at a movie theater. It was very inappropriate. I'm pretty sure we went to see Jurassic Park though when I was like three or four years old. Hell yeah, yeah. Nice. I I've always loved Jurassic Park. So yeah, apparently it didn't scare the very old me. So. Jurassic Park's great. So yeah. fun to watch. All right, what you got? Um, 
Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11 is currently going and it's pretty excellent to have it back again. It's it's funny they they went almost 10 years between seasons at one point. It was mm-hmm. like the 6th and 7th or 8th and ninth season. I forget exactly which ones it was now. Um I watched all of what had come before at that point before that season, which is great cuz I've been watching concurrently with the last few seasons now. And I love the show. It's so clever while also being so very dumb at times. Mm. And I hate most of the characters on the show, but in a good way, because it's like sure. when something terrible happens to them, it's like, you know, you deserved that. And you laugh. And, <laughs> you know, everything's fine because they're not like, the worst people in the world, but like, they're bad. <laughs> so, is it, so is it just like, is it Seinfeld 2.0? <sighs> not exactly. Well, not exactly because it's more serialized, like, and like that has grown up sure. with each concurrent season. Like, every episode stands on its own, more or less, but they're but all building towards a telling a story. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And That's like, cool. I feel like I, I feel like I really should watch that. I feel like I would enjoy it. I think you would, and like, it's one of those things where like some of the original stuff doesn't really age super well just because it looks super cheap. Mm-hmm. Because it's like came out in the year two thousand on HBO, which yeah, that was, or like that was the same time as The Sopranos, basically. But that was sure. before they put a ton of money into the production of any of these shows. I think um, it's hysterical. Like, you're, there's going to be times where you're going to watch an episode two and it's like, okay, I need to put this away because I need to take a shower because I don't feel great. <laughs> I like, view that like similar to the way I felt about like Always Sunny, where it's like I need to put this away yeah. for a little bit because like, although it's... this doesn't spike as high on the grime factor that Always Sunny does. Yeah. Oh man, that's. There's That's so many times where you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> but the, what, yeah. what is great, what's so great about this show is there are so many stupid little things that they've codified in a formal way that you're going to recognize that you've either done or witnessed in your life, or maybe not. It's like, then now you're looking for it. You're going to get that sure. Kruger because yeah, you're going to yeah. see it somewhere. It's like, oh my god, has this been going on around me my whole life? There's, <laughs> there's the stop and chat. There's the walk and talk. There's the big goodbye, which when they put the name to the big goodbye, I mentioned it on the show when that mm-hmm. happened last season. It's like, oh my God, I've literally done that before. <laughs> like other people do that. But there's like a name for it. I'm not saying that's the official name, but now it yeah, is yeah. because they were the first person to name that Please. thing, right? There was another one from earlier this season already that I, I can't remember what it was. So I was like, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. But it's just, there's so many times like, I've gotten the formula down so much at this point where like there was an episode a couple weeks ago where I was watching it and something so small and insignificant happened. Oh, I'll tell you, I'm not going to say how it happened or whatever. Mm -hmm. Larry Larry walks into a restaurant and he hands an umbrella to the maitre d' and I was like, he's not getting that umbrella back. (laughs) And it turns out he doesn't, but the ways in which that all goes and how important it central it becomes to the episode I could never have imagined. So, like, it doesn't matter that I called it because seeing how it unfolded was so fucking right. great. But, like, as soon as he hands the, the... And, like, it wasn't one of those things where, like, the minute he asked him for it and he didn't... Like, he was hesitant to... Like, totally nonchalant, just handed him the, the umbrella, whatever. Right. And I was like, as soon as... I was like, he's not getting that umbrella back. And that's exactly how it <laughs> played out. But I could have never told you ahead of time how it was going to play out. In sure. That's, that's fun. That's cool. So that's that's Kurt. I'll have to. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that show out eventually because I it, I think I'll enjoy that. It's uh, definitely one of those am... ones that you can easily like. Even though there's a lot of it, like it's whatever twenty two or 24, 25 minutes. Like it, it's an easy like you just not start knocking episodes down. After after uh, 
the Dark Knight, I was like, well, now it's time for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? And we didn't get through the whole saga, but we did watch episodes four through two. Okay. What? <laughs> you, you, you get it. So you watched episode four, then Solo, A Star Wars Story, then Rogue One. No, no, no. Just no, numbered, episode numbered, four, numbered Rogue movies One, only. <laughs> Solo, Star Wars Story, episode three and episode two? Numbered movies only, asterisk. What? <laughs> Rogue One has a number in it. <laughs> I didn't watch that. <laughs> so did you watch them in descending order is kind of what I'm getting at, though. Which four, five, six, one, two. Ah, so release order. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. We just didn't get to three yet, and uh, we will eventually. But that was fun. That was fun to, during some, some, some late nights early on. Nice. Get burned through some Star Wars. Is there any particular parts that he responded to one way or the other? Uh, there was, and it was really funny at the time. Did he start crying uh, when Vader said, "No, I'm your father"? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I think, I think I got a little like one of like a, a little side smile with uh, when Yoda was making his noises. Nice, nice. So, did he like the noises? Good. Did he? Did yeah, he try to mimic the noises back? Oh, he makes the noise, <laughs> uh, whether he realizes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you sent I, me a I picture. Him Yoda. I think I, I think you sent me a picture of you sitting down to watch Star Wars with him, didn't you? I may have, I may have, but it's good times. Good times. I can't wait to. I can't wait for him to appreciate all of these things, or not. That'll really be devastating. So <laughs> <laughs> I put all our eggs in that basket. Al, what's next? What do you got? What What, what are you consuming? Um. Well, I guess I'll jump to this one now. Um. I started finally watching a couple weeks ago Star Wars Visions, which we talked mm. about some right before we signed off because it was imminent and. That is kind of exactly what I was expecting it to be. It's a, just a fun, stupid little non-essential project that you fire up whenever you kind of want to do a Star War. Okay. Um, Sometimes I'm in the mood for a Star War. Right? And like... Mm-hmm. That's some how the I episodes are, the other the other movies again. Like, they're pretty short. Like, one of them was like 15 minutes long. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, it's kind of cool. I think I watched, like half of them i watched three or four of them i think and um you know each each one was done by a different studio which we talked about when we were like saw that it was coming out um so the art style and storytelling is wildly different for all of them Mm -hmm. um the first one is like exclusively in black and white with the exception of any of the lasery type of things are colored that's cool um which was it was a cool effect and um that one really truly leaned into the. It's all done by it's it's all anime, right? It was all done by Japanese studios. That one really leaned into that. Like it's imagines a force wielding traveler out in a backwater planet, you know. So it's very samurai shogun type of thing out in the the countryside of Japan, and that one was really cool. If you like, especially some of the action stuff. The there was one that was. Scott Pilgrimy, I'm gonna say. Okay. That's probably the best way to That's describe fun. it because there's a very heavy emphasis on the music mixed with what's going on and it centers around a band on that's on the run from Jabba the Hutt and getting chased <laughs> by Boba Fett and his awesome. like, cast of characters. So that one was kind of cool. Um there's another one that was like kind of like the stereotypical like anime where everything is like super sensational. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, like they actually kind of break the convention of like space and stuff because the two of the main characters are off, have a helmet off and they're flying around in outer space, like 
within a localized area around a starship. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just kind of, we don't need those helmets on us right now. It's just going to be in the way, you know, <laughs> I was curious to see, you know, there's a heavy Sith or dark side of the force influence in some of these things. I thought it was curious that those stories were what they gravitated to um, in some ways. Hmm. Um, my only other little teaser of whatever, just to get you watching it is if you ever wanted to see a crossover between Star Wars and Mary Poppins, that's how you get it. I thought that was Yondo. No, I know. But he, <laughs> this one trumps that one because my final word on this is lightsaber umbrella. Fantastic. I'm <laughs> in. <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll check that out, that out eventually. I've got a bunch of those. I've that got feels a bunch like of Star Wars things, cartoon wise, to catch up on. Uh, that that, that feels like something you would fire up at lunch. Like, hey, mm-hmm. let me watch this for fifteen minutes while I'm feeding my son and myself. Yeah, eh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll check that out. I uh, my homeland quest continues. Okay, I finally finished season seven. I you are probably going to finish that before me, which is funny. Well, I don't know. A wrench has been thrown into the gears. I have watched the first four episodes of season eight, and Kim has fallen asleep on all four of them. So <laughs> we are going to have to go back to the beginning on that, uh, which can sometimes be the show killer. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that will. You guys are so close. You got to get over the hump. The I am. I, I I actually am enjoying eight. I'm I'm into it so far. Um, seven was pretty good. I I just really hate Carrie Matheson. I can't stand <laughs> her. Like I can't stand the character. I want I want to just watch Saul. Yes. And I don't know if you notice this from watching or if you remember this from watching Homeland, but uh he has this very particular walk that he does. Yes. That it's like uh it's a steady clip and the hands move in T one thousand fashion. <laughs> So and Saul has me every time. Saul's mannerisms, I believe, became something of a very niche meme online. <laughs> awesome! In the height of that show, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go into the archives on that one because I feel like I'd really enjoy them. I'm pretty sure there is a very small niche of memedom about Saul's mannerisms. Oh, that's great! I gotta get in there, find out what that's about. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm enjoy- I, I, I want to see where the show goes. At this point, I'm watching it. To get to the end, not because I'm like fully into the show. Yeah, I mean, when you get that far into a show, when you know, like, you can literally see the end of like the light of the tunnel, mm-hmm. you might as well just finish it. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, not, yeah, yeah. it's not one of those things where, like, like a Walking Dead, right, where you've been watching it for six, seven seasons. It's like I gotta keep watching it because I'm so invested. You didn't know where the end was, right? Right. right. In this case, you see it. Mm-hmm. Let me finish this final season. Yeah, it's definitely the show has has some some pretty drastic ups and some pretty drastic downs, but uh, yes. This uh, so far, I'm I'm interested to see where this one's going. I have been really good at calling who is going to die and when. <laughs> uh, for example, we're watching season seven. I was like, I've never seen Ponytail before. He's dead in the next five minutes. Dead. But that's just your walking. <laughs> that's just your walking dead. <laughs> but yeah, I guess <laughs> we need we need some cannon fodder. <laughs> Quick, let like, him say four lines, and then we'll kill him. Well, they're bringing, they're bringing a couple of characters in. They're like going into Russia and they're doing a covert op that they can't get. They cannot get caught. And I was like, well, it would be way too complicated if we killed one of the Americans on soil here. So we're probably going to kill the Russian recruit, right? Sure, <laughs> sure enough, he goes down. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even get a name, poor guy. <laughs> Look at you. You don't even have a name tag. You've got no <laughs> chance. 
<laughs> Greenman number six. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Guy, right, what's my last name? <laughs> that's a, that's home, that's Homeland season eight. Okay, um, so I have begun watching with the family Dexter New Blood. The Me too! Of Dexter. Nice. That's on my list as well. I am all up to date on that show, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm one episode behind. I didn't see any of this week's on Sunday night. It's really tough during football season for there to be premium shows going on, and Dexter, Curb, and Succession are all on Sunday nights during the Sunday mm. night football game, and I typically watch those on Wednesdays, so I'm going to have to come up with a new plan if we get back to our recording schedule on Wednesdays. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, I've been enjoying the show, though. The first episode was a little bit slow and rough, and I was like, okay, this is slightly concerning, but also to be expected when you're starting a show, and especially mm. when you have to set up so many things, and when you think you ex- know what to expect from this show, but you're, no, no, this is a new show, right? About mm-hmm. the same people, kind of, maybe? Yeah. And since then, I think it's been on a pretty good pace, and it's been pretty. I'll fun. say four. Four is four is a big episode. It's good. I think I saw that. Was that that's was... the last one that was just on that you didn't see yet? Oh, or and then unless that was five. I think. I think whatever the latest episode was. Okay, was a big episode. Yeah, pretty okay. sure it was yeah. four. I thought it was five or six, but yeah, it's very good. I was a. Uh... I was, I was I was happy with some some things, and uh, we'll discuss that next time you get to see it. Okay, uh, but but overall, I think the show's going really well. I I uh, I like I like what they're doing with Deb. I like the, the, that. the dynamic is very different, right? Because Harry tried to be the guiding light and the 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 positive optimist, not necessarily the positive optimist, because he would push back on some of what Dexter's doing, right? But like he was trying to appeal to the better nature of Dexter, whereas mm-hmm. Deb is doing the entire opposite thing, where it's like you're a piece of shit. Like you're feeding into the negativity mm-hmm. and that's allowed them to do some like fun, different things. Like some of it's a little bit much, but some of it's been, I think really singularly great. Like when they pull that Fargo <laughs> scene <laughs> where she's feeding a body into a wood chipper in front of yeah. the elementary school, high school, whatever. That, yeah. I feel like With they, a smile that, on her face. They did a couple of things early on in the show where they like went over the top, but I feel like they haven't revisited that. And I wonder what, like totally if they were just trying to shift away from it or not. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Well, I think, but, uh, that, I think my is guess funny. is it's supposed to reflect the destabilized nature of Dexter's psyche where sure. he come up to this thing where in the last 10 years, he's really nailed down his routine to keep him away from the killing, away from the bad thoughts, mm-hmm. super normal and sedate in this. And that's all thrown into the mix with everything that's going on. And so Deb is spiking really high and low, I think, right? Because, like, yeah. in the first episode, we literally get her, like, depressed in, like, a robe, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, <laughs> you know, like, why would his psychic version of his sister be that in that moment, really? Right. No, it's it's, it's interesting. And I think Harrison is killing it, the, act, the, the actor playing his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, I'm like, he's very compelling. I want to see where that goes. And, like, I'm... I don't know. I'm like, I really look forward to it when I see that the new episodes available. I'm like, oh, yes, fine. this is the show I'm currently watching. <laughs> I, I think my, my final thought on what I liked about the Deb dynamic that's different than the Harry dynamic. And I love Harry's inclusion in the, in the original run of the show, but um, they never would have attempted something like what Dexter and Deb do when they're trying to recreate that crime scene where mm-hmm. each of them has taken a different opinion on how this thing went and each of them is stabbing the other yeah. 
it, obviously not it's not real right to try and recreate the crime scene and watching that whole thing play out in that way i i really enjoyed that scene yeah i also feel like she's having a lot of fun playing that part i'm glad they were able to reconcile and that she was willing to come back for the show because i know things were rocky with them mm. you know having fallen in and out of love over the course of shooting the show and all sure. so sure but yeah, that's cool. Dexter's been fun. I uh, I finally caught up and then passed you on what we do in the shadows until you caught up. Yes. So that was that's cool. I uh, I finally got to see Jackie Daytona after all these years. Oh my god! <laughs> Which was just a treat, just an absolute treat. Uh, and I gotta say, everything Laszlo does makes me laugh, but particularly when he uses the phrase "good time boys." <laughs> and, <laughs> It really gets me every time. My favorite scene, which I know I texted you about from this season, was when they were going on the hunt for the Baron, or with the Baron for the 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 sire. That's what it was, yep. the sire. And uh, Guillermo takes the lead on this because he is a vampire hunter now, and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's giving them all instructions, which at first they're begrudgingly taking, and then kind of like seeing the wisdom in it, and he gets to. T- so Laszlo tells him, you might want to change your shoes. We're gonna, you know, he's wearing like very ornate dress shoes, like pumps. And he's like, You're gonna want to change your footwear, you know, we're on to like heavy tracking. <laughs> it's not even the phrase, it's how he delivers it. He goes, Why don't you go get fucked? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he is great. He's absolutely I was tremendous. Like in pain laughing at that scene. Just <laughs> Like Laz- he's so taken aback by Guillermo speaking to him that way, yeah. <laughs> and just the way he delivers that. Why don't you get fucked? <laughs> Laszlo is easily top ten characters of all time for me. He's hysterical. He, he does. He cracks me up all the time. I, it's funny that same uh, that same episode. One of my favorite scenes: Baron on a Hellhound, which is something I I I texted that phrase to you and said, "Wait." <laughs> but like that was one of the times this third season where they really got they did some pretty decent like. I want to say decent. They did effects and they used them in a comical way where like they were actually like pretty good for what they did, but they ended up just being really funny because of that. But like yes. the half the half puppet man on <laughs> on the dog was just really great walking through the town while they're all lined up. And I like you you see like all of their silhouettes and at first you're like, what is going on there? And then they come into focus and it's just like, oh my god, there he is. There's they did like four of those in that episode where like the baron's in the wagon and the baron's yeah. the dog and the baron's in the little uh the little the car little, the little <laughs> <tykes> car thing. <laughs> but he's also like having the time of his life. I know, it's great. It's well he had a new lease on life, so why not? That's right. That's right. Oh my god. That's been so much fun. What's next on your list? Um, Succession, which okay. is as excellent as ever this season. Uh, I love that show so much. It is, for my money, it's the best show currently on television. And I don't just mean airing literally right the second, just like what's that's concurrently running for mm. the last several years. It's, it's a phenomenal show. The performances are so, so incredible. Even when they're being over the top, it's, it's very pointed and targeted. Because these mm. aren't real human beings at this point. They're examining like the mega super rich and the fail sons and daughters of those people. And they're all horrendous, horrendous people. And the allure of the show is that at the start of each episode, 
you kind of put that away for a minute where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, whose scheme, whose plot am I following? What entertainment am I driving? Who's got the upper hand? Do I want that person to get the upper hand? Who's got the, de- the silver bullet to, de- to defeat that plan? By the end of the episode, again, it's like, oh my god, I hate these people so much. <laughs> I can't root for any of them. And then, like, the credits roll, and then the next week comes around. Same, same. Put it away same. again. It yeah. doesn't re- <laughs> and it's like, fuck, how do I keep falling for this again? <laughs> They're all the worst. Why am I rooting for any of them? I'm not rooting for any of them. But what do you think he has up his sleeve this week? You know? <laughs> and it's, it's such a weird... It exists so far outside of the typical dichotomy of drama and comedy. You can't effectively define it as either of them. It's either the funniest drama you've ever watched or it's the darkest comedy you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you... It's not a dramedy. It's not like a tug on the heartstrings, you know. Hey, we're doing a sad, serious thing now. Or, hey, we're doing a funny thing. Or this is the bittersweet sure. stuff of life, like a, a parenthood type of thing, right? It's... No, these are terrible, god-awful people. And sometimes you're laughing and inside, like, you might have a tug in your heartstring of, oh, God, if that was a real human being and not the worst person in the world... I would feel terrible for that person, but instead I'm going to laugh at them. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I don't know if I would get into that show based on the way you're describing it, but I would I would give it a shot. I don't know. I, I, it's so great. I, I can't see how anyone wouldn't like it if they like good television. I'm not saying that you would necessarily like it as much as I do, but like I can't see how you wouldn't like it some. Like I know you didn't mm. like The Sopranos, and there are some parallels to that, but this is way funnier than even The Sopranos. Like, yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe I'll give it. A, is it? Can I give it an episode to decide, or like, well, I need to watch more than that? I would say give it two or three. Hmm, okay. Just because, like, they're setting up so much in the first, because it's a pretty big cast. Mm-hmm. It takes a minute for the characters to kind of. I do think they did a pretty good job of getting establishing the dynamic and the characters early on, but like. Each of them really does get their moment to shine episode, episode to episode and like storyline to storyline that like it does take a minute to give them all a chance to breathe like in the show. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a try one of these days. Uh, Mythic Quest. I, I don't know if I had started watching that before, but I have caught up on it since uh, the first two seasons or the only two seasons currently of that show. And my goodness, it is, it's always sunny meets Silicon Valley, and it is great. Okay, so that, that, that makes sense why it would be those two things, considering yeah. what it's about and who made it. <laughs> it's so funny, and some of the things that they tackle are so spot on to working in software engineering and product companies that it's like, it's just, it's just like, it's like, I feel like it's made for the group of people that I work with to watch and enjoy. Like, it's like very, it seems like the comedy is very targeted. Well, I assume you'd be able to enjoy it if you weren't like doing anything like that work because it is very funny. There's some stuff that is just like so perfect. Like, <laughs> like it's like I've lived through that meeting <laughs> <laughs> and they really like blow it out of proportion. And uh, it, it, it's great. But like just Ian, uh, Bob McElhenney's character is like just this egomaniac and it's just really he just he's just so like every time you think he's turning around for a minute he then like follows it up with some terrible thing that he says or does afterwards and you're like well of course like they've done this a hundred times now why 
why did I think this time would be any different? <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 wonderful. That's uh, I've heard that the show is really coming to its own. I have not had the opportunity to watch it. I, I think I, I I think you would uh, you, you'd probably get some laugh out loud funnies from that. They uh, especially I, the, it was very difficult for me to to watch that show mixed with Homeland because Dardal is also in <laughs> Mythic Quest. <laughs> Wait, F. Murray Abrams in Mythic Quest? Because that <laughs> yeah. doesn't seem like a natural fit. Yeah, and he uh, he plays this ridiculous sci-fi writer who is like the writer of the story of the game. Okay. And he's just he's just awful. He's a terrible writer. <laughs> and uh, he like he plagiarized a story, and like he, this award that he has is like not like he didn't actually win it. But he oh, has it, God. and it's just this whole—it's so—it's and like like he's he's so full of himself and like what the story needs to mean, and it's just so it's it's bonkers. And he also he has this ridiculous getup of like he's completely bald on the top, but the rest of his hair is long. Oh no! And it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Cracks me up every time, though. I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that comes back with another season because it's uh. That's a, that's another one where like there's no good like there's no well yeah like every character is extremely flawed and terrible mm-hmm. but mixed together it's very funny but like all in all they're all bad I and mean, that's kind of the gist of succession like you hate mm-hmm. all of this family together but like their dynamic is so great that you kind of just have to let it go yeah let it cook um speaking of rob McElhenney, it's always sunny came back this week um and, and strong strong open sunny. You know, it's always sunny. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode was 2020 a year in review. And it's okay. um, somehow all of the terrible things in, that happened in the year 2020, the gang was either at the center of or tangential to. Sure. Yeah. The Capitol riots. And <laughs> of course the they were. Pandemic and all sorts of points in between and uh you know it kicks off with them basically confessing to all of that while trying to scam more ppe loans for themselves oh my god while they're not understanding that they're being audited by someone who was trying to get the money back from those loans it's it's so funny like they're able to do this thing where they like those they write those characters as like they think they're the center of the universe and then they somehow make them the center of the universe (laughs) yeah there was the one where the the, when the the phillies won the world series where like they got trapped in the hotel while trying to sneak into citizens bank park (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's great i i have to i have to go back to that show and like and give it give it a fair shake i i've gotten maybe like i feel like i've seen maybe four or five seasons of it okay Um, they they just kicked off season 15 so yeah it's i've got uh, there's a lot for me to see there although the seasons i think have gotten shorter in recent years but and the episodes are 30 minutes yeah i mean not even but yeah cool cool and it's on fx on hulu it's on fx on hulu sorry brian but also i think i saw nugget the other day that they're killing fx on hulu i'm not sure no thank god like not that like Like, obviously, the content is still going to exist. but We made a mistake. (laughs) That cross-branding just being a mouthful or whatever. I'm not sure. I have to follow up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll have to... I I definitely want... I would love to watch more of that because what I have seen, I've really enjoyed. But it's like, I totally get where you were coming from earlier when you were like, you can can only watch so much of it. 
Yeah, especially... The, the, dark, the darkness is heavy. <laughs> especially at the absolute height of its show and, like, those... Kind of the seasons that you're talking about, like, where they ended, where it's like, they do some truly god-awful, terrible yeah. things. And it's uh-huh. like, I can't. I need to scrub this away from my soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, I have been watching Foundation. Okay. And you had mentioned earlier, like, sometimes sci- when you said sci-fi shows, you meant, like, the channel sci-fi. But, like, in general, I feel like sci-fi shows can be a little bit rough. Yeah. Uh, well, it's really, not- like, because because until, like, the last decade or so, they only existed on sci-fi. Sure. Basically. So, getting real money put into them on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or HBO, they're finally making good ones now. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, Apple TV Plus, where like the it is, I mean, high like high production. It looks fantastic. I there wasn't a- sure because I saw the trailer for it and like some of the scenes it looked like okay, you're doing that on a green screen room because you like in a way that like doesn't look like the way it would in a movie. You know what I mean? Like it's like mm. this looks like you were trying to save every penny you can for the thing that's happening in the middle of the screen. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that vibe from it. I mean, there is a little bit of that from the really, from I feel like from, that you get from like the ridiculously high quality filming. Yeah. Like, it is shot on a much better format, I feel like, than a lot of things. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I'm sure that the rest of the show is fine. It's just like in the trailer, there was a couple of specific scenes where I was just like, it seems like you're very obviously pinching pennies on the margins mm, to make gotcha. what's happening. Which, like, uh, to be fair, I've kind of said since the beginning of The Mandalorian, the first season, there's a reason that a lot of those scenes, or a lot of those locations, there's, like, one person in the background. Yeah. Which, like, did way better in the second season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it's... But anyway, the, the, story, the story is great. I'm super hooked on it. Uh, I remember, like, I watched the first episode, and it was one of the ones where, like, the pilot did not feel like a pilot. Like, I was, like... The pilot felt like a nice, full story, which was okay. nice. Like, they did, like, a, it had a great arc. It ended with, like, we've, we've wrapped up the story that we're telling here, and this sets the stage for what the show is. Well, I think also, from what little I know of the story, it sounds like it takes place across a very long timeline, so the nature of the story itself probably lends itself to that. Well, it's interesting because you kind of, it's one of the, it, it had a little bit of like Witcher vibes where like it sometimes it takes you a minute to get oriented in like which time frame you're in. Yeah. And only in like maybe the fourth episode, I feel like they stitch it enough that you now can piece together the flow of which characters are at what point in the timeline. Oh, so they're not doing the show chronologically. Uh, it's weird. They will jump back and forth. And they will move. They are progressing all bits of it forward at the same time, and like you're seeing how like they connect because of certain things that are happening. Well, I was what I was curious about. So it's it's kind of Cloud Atlasy, and how the story is delivered. Yeah, I I I think so. There, it's it's the the timelines are much closer together. Okay, but yeah, because from what I understand, I was looking into this a little bit more on this later. But I was looking into this, the book series itself by Isaac Asimov, and I think there was however many, four or six books, something something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like, it sounds like the timeline of the whole story is like 10,000 years or something like that. 
Uh, and it could very well be that there's more like I that like I. I don't know. There, I'm sure there's going to be more things that they introduce and go through that that do jump in either direction. There's this really interesting concept of Empire, who is this clone of himself. The Empire that like rules all is like this clone of himself, and there is a kid version, a middle adult version, and an older version, and they like shift. And as you reach a certain age, one is gone, and a new kid comes in, and like so, it's the same person has been ruling for a very long time. Yeah. So, and it's the same actors doing those parts. So when you jump, you don't necessarily know right away when they're showing that character, which version of it he is or like yeah. what timeline that you're in, because he also has an aide who is, uh, an, uh, cyborg, I guess, who looks the same all the time. <laughs> so like it, it makes it confusing. I think on purpose so that you could, because you were, I think what they're doing with that character is like the character doesn't change. They don't, he doesn't, even though he's lived however many generations, fundamentally he is the same person. And I think it, it gets that point across where like the same mind would think about it this way. It doesn't evolve that much over time like because it's still the same person. I think there's like something to that storyline there. I can see where the, some of the late game stuff that's happening in the expanse draws from this. So, and also by extension Dune, which I was like, the mm. first book was like 10 years after the first of the Asimov books, I think. So, cool. but anyway, it's, it's, uh, it, I, I'm really, I'm like really enjoying it. I, there's every a episode handful, has something special going on. There's a handful of shows on Apple that, that I'd actually would like to watch now. I just don't have Apple TV. So sure. Sure. I mean, it would cost you like $5. For a month, yeah. Bit, so, uh, but it, yeah, but that's that one's great. Like everything in a month, and I don't have the time for that. So. <laughs> what else? What's what's next on your list? Uh, so I think I'm done with the shows that I want to mention. Um, so let's get to the books. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? Hang on, I'm gonna burn through the rest of my shows because I have one on that list too, and then we'll move into books, and then okay. we'll move off. Uh, these the next two. Uh, so I caught up second season of Morning Show came and went. While we were away, yeah, really enjoyed it. I think they did a really great job. They also they mixed in current events in a really smart way with the story that they were still telling, which is really interesting. How they how like I'm kind of curious of the process there for making that show, like how the writing was happening and like what was already written. I, I assume a, the main parts, like the main beats of the story, had already been written, but they re, they had to rework it all because it is really central to what's going on in the world right now. Okay. So I thought that was really fascinating. Um, they 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 did some some big things <laughs> in in the second season, and uh, I think they they played out really well. Um, and continuing on the Apple TV train, uh, Ted Lasso season two really just I absolutely loved it. I think that show was so so great. That's the other one, obviously, that I'd like to watch. Yeah, it's season two is a little, it's del, well, a little, it's a lot different than the first one. Like season two is kind of like le- shows a little bit more about like things getting to Ted. Where in season one, he seems like the like the unshakable person who's always kind. In season two, he's still always kind, but you're you're starting to see cracks on the facade of like him dealing with his emotions, and it's yeah. really it's it's really well done. Very and very very funny. <laughs> yeah, I heard that they took a very different approach to the second season. And yeah, some people I, were a little skeptical early on. It sounds like everyone more or less liked it. But yeah, man. it's a it's it's a blast. I uh, I had mentioned I actually had Spider Man on this list, but I had 
we had talked about that. I watched those before when we were talking about Disney+. Plus. Uh, I am, unfortunately, watching Hawkeye. <laughs> it's not good. It's still not good? It's not good. It's a... It's... It's bad. It's worse. It's worse than not good. It's it's bad. Really? Yeah. Because I, I heard some people kind of liked it. I know my cousin Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, he Mike. said he liked the first two episodes because I saw him on Thanksgiving, which is after you texted me, you texted me that morning about really not liking the first two episodes, and yeah. it sounded like he liked them a lot more than you did. I still haven't seen oh. any of them, so I'd be really curious what you think after you watch it. It is very. It's very blah to me. There's nothing. It's not. It's. I don't find it to be that interesting. I don't. The um, Kate Bishop character is. I don't think written well. At first, I was concerned that it was like the performance, but now the more I look at it, I just don't think there's enough there for the character to do. Okay. Um, Jeremy Renner is. I he has grown on me over the years. I never. I didn't like him back in the day. I didn't think he was great. But he has grown on me over time, and I do think that he's a good supporting role. He's, I think he almost has too much spotlight, and it mm. doesn't work for his, like, he's like this, like... Well, it's called Hawkeye, so... It, yeah, but, no, but he's, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it is, but Kate Bishop is the lead. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm just saying. Um, but he's, he's good, but he, he needs somebody to play off of that has the personality that you want to pay attention to. Okay. And because they didn't write Kate Bishop, he doesn't have that person to play off of. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be really curious to see what you think when you watch it. But I, yeah, that one's definitely, especially with like football consuming like a, more of my free time right now. I, I don't know when I'm going to get to it when I have like three other shows mm-hmm. that are concurrently running, plus the Expanse ending. Like those are all definitely taking precedent over this. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I I, I like to say current with Marvel stuff. I, I do too, but that one one movie so. I do too, but that was just one that I never had much interest in to begin with. Like, I will get sure. to it. It's just like when, yeah, and and also, yeah, I I still haven't seen the Eternals either. So, yeah, well, that was that 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 was a bummer because I was all excited to have a new show and like the, it was you know coming around the holiday season. It'll play out through the next few weeks. It'll be fun. Um, now, right now, it feels like it's this thing I need to watch. Mm. It feels a little bit more like a chore, um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not ruling it out entirely like that. If it if it eventually if it does get good, I wouldn't blame anybody for having dropped off already. Okay, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, my God. Speaking of shames, I I watch Riverdale. You know this, right? I think we discussed this. Uh, The last season of Riverdale season five, I think it was had like a seven year time jump. Okay. Uh, And something ridiculous happens at the end of it. And season six started and they're like not addressing that thing and instead doing this wonky river veil thing so far for three episodes where it's like the Twilight Zone. Uh, and I'm like, but what's actually happening? <laughs> because I've watched five seasons of the show and I don't care about what this is. <laughs> so I don't know how you would have handled the whole Archer thing then. I don't know. Archer, I could watch one episode and it's funny. So. I think it might be a little bit more entertaining. Riverdale no, just... is right now like I don't really like I don't I don't think that I like Riverdale to the whole story. They're usually chasing some killer, something's going on. Uh, but with these one-off weird things in this fake version of Riverdale, not I like I don't imagine it's going to lead into anything that matters. No, I just meant from the point that like 
the end of season seven, spoiler alert, Archer gets shot and goes into a coma. And then they did three seasons of him being in a coma. Mm. And it's each season is a different dream he's having in his coma. And then okay. at the end of the third season of that, he wakes up from the coma. And <laughs> the, now okay, they've done two right. seasons of yeah. like, it's been two or three or four years, however long it was since you've been in a coma. And that's, that's actually kind of funny. I, with, with this, I actually, it's funny that you say that because I think the thing that happens at the end of the, of the fifth season, I wondered like, Oh, maybe Archie's in a coma. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's definitely a trope, right? So, yeah. So that's, that's Riverdale. I am also watching, we have burned through many seasons of Grace and Frankie, which is very funny. Very funny. How many seasons of that? Uh, f- we're on the fifth one. I didn't know there were that many seasons of it. Yeah, I thought there was like it, three. It's it's good. It's very it's a very silly show. Um, a lot of this there's there's some pretty clever jokes in there. Some interesting character. All the characters are interesting. They all have a lot of uh, a lot of presence, and it's 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 it's, it's fun. I kind of can't stand Frankie, but at the okay. same time, she makes me laugh. Which one is that? Is that Lily Tomlin? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, I didn't expect. I didn't expect to be like so. Like I. I it, right now we're at the point where like we've watched so much of it in a row over time that it's like I don't want to sit down and watch a whole bunch of them. But like you know we're gonna eat something, sit down, and throw an episode on. It's yeah. fun to watch. It's it's enjoyable. It's very silly. And there's there's been some there's been some laugh out loud moments. And like like there's like you know every once in a while there's like one episode where they for whatever reason everything is falling in place like the writers were on point the actors are landing their marks like it's just, and like I like you laugh through the whole like twenty five minutes <laughs> but I don't know it's it's interesting it, it, what's interesting to me about that is like it, that can be so hit or miss where like you can have an episode that is so so funny and then the other ones are like have have a a, a good handful of chuckles here and there but not. Not to that level. It's, I guess it's not consistent. Okay. Is uh is maybe it's flawed. I, it's funny. I the premise of that show was funny, but like I feel like I just saw the trailer. I was like, okay, I've gotten what I need from this show. Like that's a funny premise. I never really had a desire to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, are Martin Sheen and Sam Larson still on that show or no? As far as I know, at least where no. I'm at, they are. That's what I'm saying. Like, like were they past like the first season? Were they still on? The show? Oh yeah, no, they're their main. Yeah, it's 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 Grace and Frankie and Rob and Saul and and their kids like they're all they all have like a lot of spotlight. Okay, because I like I never saw them in any of the promotional material for like succeeding seasons, so like I didn't know if that was kind of like a thing where like okay, like they've gone off and like that's kind of the end of that. You know, I mean, like the rest of the show is about the two women who are left behind. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's no. They 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 stayed they stayed and uh, well. and like their their relationship is really what it is just a great storyline. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's that's all the shows that I can remember that I have watched or I am watching. Well, that's the thing is I kind of basically listed all the things that I'm like more or less currently watching. There's probably I'm sure something or other that I watched in that time that I'm just kind of forgetting until like you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So like like what we do in the shadows was one, but like. You mentioned it, so like that was it for me. Um, so, what has taken up some of the time that I have free that would normally be filled with watching movies and shows, which we were—I didn't really watch too many movies since we've gone on hiatus. Obviously, I've watched a handful. Um, I filled a lot of that time with reading, okay. and 
that reading is taken a couple of different forms because, well, the book club that we started, which I definitely mentioned before mm-hmm. we got off, you know, um, we undertook Dune because we wanted to finish the first Dune before the movie came out. And we, me and Dominic and Brian have all finished the first three novels in the six novel series of Dune. Um, their other friend Nelson is a little bit behind us. He's somewhere in the second book now, I think. I'd probably be like halfway through the first book if I was reading along with you guys. <laughs> I'm very slow. I, like, I don't often pick up the book. Well, the two of them listened to it. I bought oh, the physical okay. copy and I've been reading it. So um, we finished the third. We decided to do a bit of a hiatus here because me and Brian wanted to pick up the new Expanse and read that when it came out. So... Because that's really how this all started with me and Brian decided to read the Expanse books. Sure. And then Dominic jumped on when we decided to do Dune. Um, so we've put a pause after the third book, which is God Emperor. No, not sorry, not God. It's Children of Dune. There's Dune, then Dune Messiah, then Children of Dune. The next one will be God Emperor of Dune, which I've heard may rival the first one for being nearly as good or possibly even better in some people's minds. Mm. So I'm very intrigued. It's gone so far off the rails from where that <laughs> story started. Which is not terribly surprising, considering how much room there is to play in this universe, despite the fact that the majority of it tends to take place on Dune. Mm-hmm. There's like thousands of planets and billions <laughs> of people who live in it. But, um, you know, there's occasionally the major planets that we hear about. There's some storylines that happen on those, but 80% of what happens tends to be on Dune. Um, it's been really good. Uh, the first one was really singularly excellent. I liked the second and third better than the two of them did. Um, I would say I would rank them for myself personally, one, three, then two. Mm-hmm. Um, two is, for as dark as the first one is, two is so much darker, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't think was possible. Um, now, the the original movie is the first book? Yes. Okay. Which, it's funny because while I was reading through the first book, I got to a point where there was like 50 pages left, and I was like, I can't really remember all the details of the original movie, but like, there's a lot of things that should be happening. <laughs> that do they pull those from the successive books, right, into the movie? And then, like, I flipped the page, and it's very obvious they're setting up for the end game. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're gonna do this in 50 pages somehow. Interesting. <laughs> and they and they did. Uh, there were some things I would have preferred a little more detail on, but it's not really the end of the world. And a lot of those things will play better on the screen than they will would have on the page honestly so mm. look forward to that in part two of dune which we'll do whenever that comes out um but yeah no i've really enjoyed the series it's it, it's not the easiest read it, it's it's a pretty dense text but um i've really enjoyed it it's not quite like anything i've ever read before some of it is confusing as fuck and i gotta mm. go back a little bit and you know i get it they're, they're talking some really high concepts in philosophical ways ecological ways um sociopolitical all, all sorts of stuff obviously there's the major sci-fi stuff too and it's sure it's compelling stuff i'm excited to get to the next one when we finish um leviathan falls which is the other thing i'm currently reading right now is leviathan falls i'm about almost a quarter of the way through i think um it's been pretty great um they're finally answering a lot of the questions they put off to the side for some of the last several books hmm. which is a lot of the really big, hard sci-fi slash sci-fantasy stuff that this book started with and really delved into deeply in the second, third, and fourth ones, I'd say. And they kind of largely put those aside for more 
conventional manners in the fifth and sixth books before the time jump. And um, after the time jump, while well, the people that were at issue were a little bit different, they, again, presented predominantly conventional issues until that all goes off the rail. So <clears throat> um, I'm really looking to see how this all concludes. And um, I've really enjoyed my time with this series, both in, on the page and on the screen. Cool. Nice. I, uh, I don't know if you recall Uncle John handed me a book when we were all together. And yeah, I, sna- awesome. I snapped a picture of it. That'll be somewhere in the book club way down the line. Yeah, Ashes of the Sun. I had started reading that, and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, okay. I, like I said, I'm a slow... I One, I, I don't read very fast, and two, I don't read very often. So, like, yeah. it's, it's slow going, but it's not for any lack... It's not because the book is dragging or anything. See, it's actually, I read... I was like, I read pretty fast, but I need to have like, if I'm just sitting in, oh, here, let me read for five minutes. Like, I don't make much progress. But if I can sit down for an hour, I will chew through a chunk of pages. So I need to like get into that groove where I can like <clears throat> really process it all at a high efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd like to read that one somewhere down the line. I think the next big project we're going to tackle after the Dune series, which still has three more books, is. The Witcher series, actually. So, oh, interesting. Let me know. Yes, you're welcome. You do that. If, I if do you have... listen, you're welcome to join the the book club for that. So. I do have the first. Uh, well, I guess what you would end up calling the first in in my Kindle currently. I, I started it, and there's some some overlap with uh, with stories that happen in the show. So it was kind of cool. Um, okay, it's interesting the way that it's it's done, like broken off into like stories of hunts basically or for lack of a better word or like things that like missions that he's gone on um mm. but uh yeah i i was that could be, that could be fun yeah let me know let me know I i'll let you know when we get to it. hang it's out with you guys be... once and talk about it and then you guys will just blow right past me <laughs> well that's all right you know we could listen we have a podcast network and website we could, we could do a book podcast about it like at the end of each book if that's what everyone desired that's true that's true uh we do have a website, don't we? What's that website called? It's called The Spin Tune. That's right. That's right. Sweet. So that's what we're reading. Anything else? What else are you consuming? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm still... Uh, I, I got on board a little bit with the listening to books phenomenon because I got an email during the whole Black Friday frenzy for, hey, try a month free of Audible Premium Plus or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> and you'll get two free credits. And I was like, sign me up. If I can get it for free, I'll set it on my calendar to cancel it and... I will take advantage of your two free books. And I cheated and I found that one of the things that I really wanted to, it's a potential for putting on the book club list, although I don't sense a lot of buy-in from Brian Dominic on this one, is the book series that Annihilation was based on. Exactly. And I found out that they actually re-released those three books. Apparently they tried, Jeff Andermere wrote those books, tried something unique where he wrote the three books and released them a couple of months apart across a year hmm. and then re-released all three of them in one compendium. And they have that on audible. So oh. I got four books for the nice. Nice. Yeah. I tried to get that. I tried to see if there was something like that for foundation as well. Cause I was going to try and really get like nuts. So with you game the system. There. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but I couldn't. So I was like, ah, I was kicking around looking for different stuff. And I decided to finally read Dr. Sleep since I loved that movie, really surprisingly loved that mm-hmm. movie when we did it, whatever that was, two years ago. or Yep. Good um, and it was a really good book. I liked it a lot. I would say the only thing that substantially changed, actually, was the 
ending of it, which mm. <coughs> there's some similarities, obviously, and like I would say, like kind of thematically, a lot of it is similar, but the specifics of how it all goes down is quite different. Um, for one, the actual Overlook Hotel in the book burned totally to the ground, so like the husk of it was no longer standing for them to go through in right. this one, and so it takes place in that location, but the way that all goes down is very differently. Sure. Also, I need you to provide me a sanity check and spoilers for the end of Dr. Sleep, the movie. Didn't Danny die at the end of it? Ah, I, I don't remember. I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. I don't know why I'm misremembering this, but I thought he'd sacrifice himself to save her at the end. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't, I feel like he didn't die, but I could be completely... I, I, I only saw the movie the one time, so... Yeah, me too. And for, yeah. for whatever reason, I, I could have swore huh. he dies at the end of that, um, and he does not die at the end of the book, and they actually have quite a nice little, fairly substantial and multi-part epilogue, like wrapping up with a little bit of a time jump as well, um, which I've found really nice. And they again, I think they tackled a lot of the same material thematically the same even though the details are very different in the movie danny sacrifices himself to save abra by ta- by tampering with the overlook hotel's boiler and burning it to the ground okay yeah. now now that i read that i remember the scene oh, he's later seen at abra's house giving her advice about her powers but is revealed that he's not really there he's a ghost yes in the same way that like decaloran would advise him as an adult even though he had been dead right. um yeah, that's what I thought. I, I couldn't remember the specifics of how he died, but I was like, I feel pretty strongly that he sacrificed himself to atone for the sins of his father, essentially, right. and save her. Um, he does not. He survives, um, and but still has to reconcile. <laughs> Very different in the book. You know, he doesn't die, learns nothing. <laughs> no, he, he learns a lot, and like the whole journey he takes is the same. It's the same, really. Um, yeah. With Obviously, with more detail and, and delivered in slightly different ways, but he still has to come to terms with all that stuff. They, they spend much more time with his addiction issues in that one, mm-hmm. and I really liked it, and I don't object to them changing it the way they did in the movie, but I think I preferred the book version of it slightly because I think it was a little bit more happy and optimistic. Um, But him coming to terms with all of that and doing the right thing and sacrificing for her and still setting her on the path to having her own, having her a chance, the chance that he never did to live a happy and fulfilling life was still pretty happy and uplifting and optimistic. So, you know, it, it was, it was interesting that that was really the only major thing that they changed, which is a pretty major thing when you consider it. So. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Main main point: not dead here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You consuming anything else? No, nope, that was it. Like I said, I just barely dipped my toes into Annihilation, the first part, you know, sure. one of Area X, um, which is what they call the compendium. It's the Southern Reach trilogy is the, mm. the names of that series, and um, that one seems to be pretty substantially changed from the movie. Actually, oh, yeah? like again, like big picture and thematically. Obviously, a heavy, heavy overlap, but it feels like they he kind of picked a la carte from a lot of touchstones and important things in the book that sure. he found compelling and wove his own narrative. And like from. made a story, yeah. That it honestly, I think that's kind of cool that that could potentially give you like you know that movie. You know, you when you write for the screen, it's different than when you write for a book. So also the the slightest bit of 
complaint. So Dr. Sleep was narrated by Will Patton, which is really random because like he is a somewhat famous actor. Uh, he did a really good job. I was surprised. Mm. I didn't know he had as much vocal range as he did. But I really liked the, the performance he did. The woman reading Area X is technically very proficient, like, but she reads too fast. Mm. It feels like she's in a rush to get all the words out. Brian listens to his audiobooks on 2x speed. I know a lot of people do that, and I understand the appeal because you can get more done that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. Do I that. I literally wouldn't be able to understand what she's saying because she reads so fast. Like, yeah, it. She just the the problem is like it's not like any one sentence. She doesn't pause between sentences. Mm. It almost feels like I'm listening to a run on sentence at time. Yeah, that's that would be jarring. I guess it's the risk with an audiobook. Yeah, I just don't understand why. They didn't tell her to slow down. Or you know, like, I never, I never finished that Tom Clancy book that I was listening to. You seemed like you were really enjoying. it. I, without, I was very much you were enjoying it. To actually, without remorse, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I know. I, I vaguely remember actually exactly where we left off. I should go back to that. Yeah, you should. I, I was enjoying that. I feel like I still have 17 hours left, though. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a, it's a long one, and that guy does talk a little slow. Okay, but uh, it's fine. Uh, cool. I mean, as far as things we're consuming, the only other thing that's on my list is the copious amounts of uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer. Just like I have really been enjoying that. More on that when Game Bytes returns. But oh my goodness, I'll save good. my game talk for Game Bytes because excellent. You'll be there. You'll yes. be there. Al, I think I think two hours later, I think it's time for fun and games. Yeah, you had to figure this was going to be a long one coming out of the break, but sure, it's exceeding I, I missed my you, expectations. Bud. <laughs> I, missed, I missed. I missed you. Uh. It's my turn to, I don't know. It's your turn to ask questions. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I got to remember all the old strategies because yeah. I definitely feel like I'm coming into this rusty. Rustier than actually doing the podcast. For that Please matter. hold as I pull up the film. All right, I'm ready to go. Ready when you are. Okay. Did this movie come out in or after the year 2000? Yes. Okay. Did it come out in the aughts? No. Okay, so we're talking about a teens movie. Recent history. All right. So, would you say that this... I know we always... We, we never really came down with a good <laughs> shorthand for the verbiage of this question, but... <laughs> with a pre-definition of saying, like, easily recognizable lead slash leads, I'm going to say one to three people, roughly, is the lead. Anything more than, like, three-ish people would be an ensemble, right? Is this movie an ensemble movie or not? No. Okay. So one to three, clearly identifiable leads-ish. Okay. Is this any sort of action-adventure movie? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it based on pre-existing IP? Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, most movies are at this point, but um, it's good to know. So we have, that's five questions. All right. The problem with it being a yes answer is, well, there's so many different types of IP now. Sure. I narrow it down. <laughs> sure. Um, hmm. Action adventure IP. Now, is this a standalone or is it a part of a longer running series? Is it a standalone movie? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't like the face that you're making at me. <laughs> it's not a standalone movie. I really don't like that there seems to be a dot, dot, dot at the end of that or a wink or a, from a certain point of view. An Agatha, like, there's an Agatha all along in there. Yes. No, I'm, I'm sensing 
it's not part of a larger <laughs> series from a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> or not part of it. That's not a standalone movie from a certain point of view. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting really hung up on this now. <laughs> Do with it what you will. <laughs> no, no. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Is it in any way, shape, or form superhero-y? No. Okay. Meaning it's not part of like Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this it's not a standalone thing. It's really getting to my head here. Like, I don't know if this should count as a real question or not because I'm like because I'm hung up on all of this. But like, mm-hmm. like the the story that it's continuing part of like it, is it the rest of that story predominantly movies or is it in other mediums? Uh. This is a, this is this is a, this is a funky one for for the specific for the sake of the question that you had originally asked. It's all part of the same format. It's just that it's it, it is uh it's what, what how did you phrase the one that you were hung up on? I forgot what you asked. I said, was this a standalone movie, like, or is it like part of a like? It's standalone right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that was what That's... I was. I was like, is it because there's like an announced sequel or a proposed mm-hmm. or likely sequel, mm-hmm. but it hasn't come out yet. Or is it, you know, there was right, right. a movie and then there was a spinoff yeah, TV no, show. No, no, and that like, you know, yeah, I wanted to say like, it's part of the same, it's like in the same thing, but it's like, it, yeah, you got me now. Okay. Now, now you know why there was an asterisk. So it's a, currently the only movie in its series, but there's going to be more movies about it. That's right. <coughs> okay. Interesting. Hmm. That's, Interesting. Hand is cramping from holding the seven up in the air. <laughs> you know, you could take out a pen and paper and do dashes like tallies. I, I could, but then you can't see it. <laughs> you could just call them out every five. Like, it's okay. <laughs> That's usually what I did for you was I'd say five, ten, fifteen. That, that was great as in the Black Widow episode. You were like, was that eight? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You have one job right now. <laughs> That's not true. It's true. You yeah, still have to answer the question. Yeah. It's just very nerve-wracking for some reason. I'm so afraid to get the answer wrong. Right? Yeah, it's weird. I'm so confused. I'm racking my brain as to all of these different things that this could be. I feel like, to me, it's like I know so many different movies. I've seen so many different movies mm-hmm. that this should be easy, and it's not. Mm. Okay. Movie. That's gonna have sequel from the last what eleven years, based on IP, small main cast of characters. Did this movie win any major Oscars? No. Hmm. I guess I probably shouldn't have expected that it would have. But so we're talking about like an action adventure. So like it's. Hmm. Fuck man, I am so stumped right now. I'm so, so I, I, I don't want to give hints, but uh, oh I answered that action adventure question based on IMDb genres. There, there's always more listed. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Um, I thought this was gonna be like that one where you were like, "Well, technically," but <laughs> <laughs> that one, I, I don't remember what the movie was now, but that one pissed that one pissed me off. <laughs> I, was like, I was so caught up on it. Um, <laughs> not a you, just like the. The whole technicality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Do we do this movie on this podcast? No. Okay. Hmm. Oh man, I have no idea where to go right now. 
I have nothing. I basically have nothing. <laughs> yeah, you've not even no information about this movie except that it came out after 2009. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's an action adventure of sorts and it's not yet part of a series. <laughs> That's what's really throwing me off is like to me like it should be pretty obvious. Mhm. If there's one and like a sequel doesn't come out, because like to me, and this maybe is a faulty assumption, which is why I haven't really seized on anything yet to like chase down the rabbit hole, is like I would think, oh, that's probably come out in the last like three years, because if we know we're getting a sequel, sure. or more than likely know we're getting a sequel, it's probably come out recently. If it came out ten years ago, would we really be expecting a mm-hmm. a sequel? Like the only thing that would even fit that bill would be like Avatar, which isn't based on IP. Sure. So, hmm. all right. Is this IP a novel? Yes. Okay. That's somewhat helpful. That's ten. Like, okay. That's how, somewhat helpful because I'm like sitting here. I'm like, well, fuck. It could be based on like comics, or it could be based on sure. video games. And I'd be like, if I go down the wrong path here, I'm totally fucked. So, a novel. We got a. We have a post oh nine action adventure novel movie <laughs> that's not yet part of a series. No, that actually does. Even though it still doesn't give me like a really great thing specifically to follow down, like that is at least finally doesn't feel like I'm literally just grasping it. Like yeah, yeah, here. for sure. Um, damn novel. So the oh, this is kind of a dangerous question. <laughs> I kind of love this game. <laughs> I know, right? It's infuriating, but it's also yeah. great. Um, I know, because I know where you are right now. I hate being there, but I also love yes. trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, are you quite certain that I've seen this movie? Like, have you and I discussed that I've seen this I can movie? say with 100% certainty that you have seen this movie. Okay, interesting. 100% certainty. See, also, the problem with, like, <laughs> you and me knowing each other is, like, we, like you start to read into the way it's been delivered, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, is there some trick or trap here? Did I yep. mention this thing in passing an hour and a half ago on this podcast? Sure. Like, you know, is this something that you and me were texting about three weeks ago? You know, <laughs> is it something right. we've <laughs> talked about for years now about doing on the podcast, but just haven't yet, you know? <laughs> hmm. Is does this movie? This is always one of my favorite questions. I, I don't know why. Does this movie more or less take place contemporary with when it came out? No. No. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I, love, I love the inquisitive. <laughs> as you scratch your chin. <laughs> I'm a little concerned, and this doesn't count as my guess or question here. I'm a little concerned. That it's Dune. Because that would be very upsetting. (laughs) Because I'm going back into the whole idea of it's based on a book. We know there's another one coming out. Mm. It has to have been pretty recent. Mm -hmm. And you know with 100% certainty that I've seen the movie. (laughs) And you laughing makes me feel like... And we we definitely have not done it on the show. And the fact that you've now dissolved into uncontrollable actor makes me feel like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> you did it. You That was quite a gambit. That yeah. was quite a gambit. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I, uh, do you want to say it? Yeah, it's Dune. 
Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, 13. You got it in 13. Uh, it was really hard not to break. I know. Especially, especially when you said, have we done it on the show? <laughs> Chronologically, no. By the time no. the episode is aired, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, have I mentioned it on this show before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have I mentioned it on this episode? Yes. <laughs> Well, because for a second, because for a second there, actually, I wondered if you picked Annihilation, and then I remembered, no, no, you said we didn't do it. We did it on, we didn't do it on the show already, and it's like, because that would have been cruel. I was like, oh, I just mentioned I was reading the book when I was talking with you the other day, and now I mentioned it again here. Did he pick Annihilation? And I'm currently reading the book, and who knows if they make more movies down the line? They probably won't, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that nonsense behind us, I think it's officially time for our return. To the flick of the week. Dune, released in 2021, rated PG-13 with a 2 hour and 35 minute runtime, does not currently have a sequel. (laughs) Al definitely has seen it. (laughs) Your IMDb synopsis. Feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. The spice. The spice. <laughs> uh, also, I guess technically, officially, this is Dune Part 1, right? It's funny. Um, it says on IMDb, the title Dune, and then it says Dune Part 1, original title. Yeah, that, that's going to be one of those stupid things that probably goes back and forth like eight times, right? Because That was like, uh, what was it, Ed- <laughs> Edge, Edge of Tomorrow? Got like retitled to Live, Die, Repeat. Yes. Like, after it was released? Well, because it was... The, wasn't that the tagline? That the was tag the tagline, and it became the title. It became... Yeah, it, w- it was the tagline, then it became Edge of Tomorrow, colon, Live, Die, Repeat, and then it just was... Live, Die, Repeat. repeat yeah, that was, a, that was a weird one. That movie aside, uh, <laughs> dude. Well, I guess it's just because they always proposed it as being the first part of a two-part movie. That's true. But when then, and watch, then they like backpedaled it and they were like, well, if it does good. <laughs> yeah, which pandemic, understandable. Sure. And then when you sit down to watch the movie, they flash a title card that says Dune Part One. Mm. And then they announced like oh, four but, days later there was going to be Dune Part Two. Yeah, I think that they actually updated it. I thought they did. Because you mean? watched it. You, oh, no, you watched it in theaters. I saw it on opening. Oh, night. then never mind. I have no idea. Um, anyway, Al, what's your hot take? Which is what I'm rebranding tweet length reviews. Is that what you've decided? <laughs> yeah, just in this moment. <laughs> okay. Oh no, I lost my tab. There it is. Um, a breathless, exhilarating race to hand the baton to part two, which we're mercifully allowed to have. But make sure you have a second to take in the breathtaking scenery and excellent performances along the way. I'm going to give this eight Chris Knives out of ten Shy Haloods. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's a, a whole new level. Uh, Dune wildly exceeds the lower than low bar set by its predecessor. Unfortunately, the adaptation is an example that needs a trilogy, or at the very least, a longer runtime to reach its full potential. Seven out of ten. Uh, I give this movie seven out of ten precious loogies. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, can I interest you in some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. 
I had a blast. I was very hooked. You know, like it, it, it is, it's breakneck for the first two acts for sure. Like yeah. it's just moving and moving and moving. And uh, so fast that you are introduced to and lose characters so quickly. <laughs> well, really the, the problem I found structurally, which leading up to, so a couple of things. One, me, we had this debate kind of endlessly, me and my brother, and to a certain extent, Brian as well. Where are they going to end this movie? Because mm-hmm. we've all finished the book at that point. What's the most logical time to do it? Because after the end of this, we're still like pre-spoilery or whatever, right? Because this is a newish movie. After the event that ends the movie, there is some accounting that needs to happen and some ceremony and some further testing, to be perfectly honest. And then after everything gets settled with everyone is who they say they are and is responsible for what they we think they are, there's a two-year time jump. Mm-hmm. And then that tips off eventually part three of the book, right? I never bought that they were going to get to the time jump. I thought it ended up ending literally exactly how I thought it was going to end. Really? Yes. Like, oh, that's funny. I have it like, I had it like 99% accurate. <laughs> the only funny. thing... That was like, and it was like, there's no way I could have accounted for it is not without, again, without spoiling the way they choose to travel on into the sequel mm-hmm. is the best way I can cheekily phrase it. I didn't guess that because that doesn't happen then that okay. happens slightly further down the line Gotcha. in the story. But I'll just say it this way, the, the, the crowning event at the end of that book and what happens in the immediate immediate aftermath is exactly how I thought it was going to end. Cool. So I wasn't surprised, but even with like me, me working with that as a working assumption, I was like, man, they're going to have to choose some places here and there to cut stuff, obviously, because it's a very dense book. The book's over 600 pages long. Mm-hmm. And there were some obvious candidates. Unfortunately, one of the things they chopped is actually one of my favorite scenes in the book, which is also the most obvious one that you would cut out because it's a, big banquet dinner scene Okay. after the main characters arrive on Arrakis mm-hmm. and have gotten settled for a few minutes. There's all of the dignitaries on the planet come to pay homage and the new lords of the planet host this dinner party and all that. And there's some fascinating conversation and plotting that happens on multiple different levels, both on the surface and underneath and what's, you know, some of the, the bait is given in a very obvious way, and other bait is so less less. Ob- it was just, it's just a fashion. You get to learn everyone's kind of motives for what's going on on the planet. You know, everyone mm-hmm. who's present, you know, find out all their mo- motives and who's aligned with who and all that sort of stuff. It's like, that's an obvious candidate, unfortunately, to get cut out of the book, right? It's like, so what do they choose to do? Do they choose to spend a lot of time early on establishing who everyone is and what they want to do? Or do you spend a lot of time establishing on Dune who's there, what's going on, why it's happening? They tried to have their cake and eat it too, but they cut most of the establishing machinations of on Dune. Everyone who's there, what do they all want? Mm -hmm. Which is why the middle third is really the super rushed part of it. There's that that stuff happens. It feels like overnight, right? Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. Um, and it's because they spend a lot of time early on in the movie. There's some rushing through the first act, but they spend so much time on Kaladin in the beginning trying to explain who these people are, why it matters that they're taking over Dune, and 
what it means for them to leave this behind and to go take that going forward and, and who these people are and why it matters to anyone that they're the ones who are taking it over. Which, if you haven't read the books, you want to spend a lot of time on the front end explaining who these people are so you give a shit about them later on. Right. So I totally understood it, but I thought it sacrificed, like, on the page, they're not on Kaladin for very long. It's like mm. 20 or 30 pages. And the middle act of what we saw in the movie, that takes place over the course of, like, 150 pages. Mm, and with slightly less time on screen than it was. The, like the, if you take the middle and the first and thir- the second act as roughly equal in runtime, they're way out of proportion in the amount of time that was spent on the page. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. Like I, I don't have the I don't have the book for context, but what I do, what I did feel watching it was the the first two acts. I found the characters very compelling. And I wanted more. I wanted to know a little bit more about them and just ultimately didn't get that before most of them were gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was jarring to me. Uh, I really, I really dug um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jason Momoa's character and his introduction uh, and uh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, who's, uh, what, are, what are their names in the movie? Paul. So Timothy Chalamet is Paul Atreides. Paul, Paul and... Paul. And um, Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. So uh, I get like very strong big cousin vibes mm-hmm. from Duncan Idaho. It's like when Edward used to come over. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's you pretty, know? pretty accurate there. And I wanted more of that. I was eating it up. <laughs> it's funny because I've always found, I guess we, we don't have to do the spoiler, pre-spoiler thing anymore, right? No, no. We're, we're going into the movie. So I always found it fascinating that Duncan Idaho is a character that resonated with people, and he is a lot of people's favorite character from the books. Hmm. They gave him so much more screen time than they did page time. Really? <laughs> they, they really fleshed out his character in a way that they did not. Oh, that's like, funny. You know, you know who he is. You know what he's about. But he only gets a handful of lines, really. Like, he's around, and you like there's a lot of talk about him and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, the import of him making contact with the Fremen giving right. them a strong feeling about these Atreides people being trustworthy people, bringing them into the fold. Mm-hmm. Super important for the way that the story moves. The amount of time you actually see him on the page is so small. And I was oh, that's like, funny. Now, is he is, is he the Dune Universe's Boba Fett? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to say that mysteriously, though. No, I, I, I already know. Okay. Maybe everyone listening doesn't. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh man. Let's just say that they spend more time talking about him in, in subsequent books. Is that's all I'll say. Okay, okay. Uh, no, that's cool. I, 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 chemistry wise, I think everybody does a great job. Like, there's, I, it's, I don't know what it is, but like, there's something about set design and um, just like these characters, like really getting into the role of like really like feel like I am there on this distant planet there's a little bit there's this gravity of like you're changing your home now yes and they do it and they do it because they have to do it and it's it's what it is what is required of i'll just say this to circle back to some stuff we talked about before the show ended when we got the really finalized cast list and some trailers my assumption was correct they nailed all the castings Mm. of all the major characters in this with with one exception and it was the only person i had a question mark about really 
And that was the guy who played Peter DeVry, David Esmalshin. I said, I'm not entirely sure I can see how that character is going to play out. And I think Denis Villeneuve also didn't know how to see how the character played out because he barely had any screen time. And he's a much more important character in the book. Not that he gets a ton of page time, but he's very important. Which, hang on one second, which character was this? The, the, the Mentat who works for Baron Harkonnen. And uh, what was his name again? Peter DeVry. I'm trying to look up the, the person so I can see who it is. But go the on. The guy who played Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so what about, you, you just weren't sure about him up front already? Yeah, I said I wasn't sure how that, char- how that actor was going to fit with that character because I just didn't quite see... Not yeah. to say that he wasn't capable, just like in the roles I'd seen him in, I hadn't, didn't quite see that. And I wonder whether Denis Villeneuve came to the same conclusion because the amount of import he has on what happens on the page is mm-hmm. not reflected in his screen time. He barely gets to do anything or yeah, say yeah. anything in the movie, <laughs> really. And he is much more important than that in the book. Although some of it is ends up being stuff that could be extraneous and kind of cut from a movie, less important in that format, but not all of it. Some of it is super important and they just didn't do that stuff. Hmm. Like, I don't, and I'm 99% sure they never said his name in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they may not have. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. I, uh, uh how do you, wh- how do you feel about Josh Brolin? Generally or in this movie? Both. I still have trouble reconciling that he's the older brother in the Goonies. Hmm. Because it's it's hard to see him because everything I've seen him in since then, he plays some like gruff, rough and tumble like adult man, and he mm-hmm. played some like dreamy teenager who's trying to be like cool and tough in that. So maybe he's just trying to find his tough legs, like sure. Bambi or whatever. But tough, uh, his tough legs. <laughs> um, but I, I would say I generally like him. I, I don't know that he has a ton of range, generally speaking, but I think he typically casts well. Like what he's good at is the roles he takes. Yeah, I, I, I guess he, he always plays a similar character that I'm just not that interested in watching. So Gurney is a good character in the books, mm-hmm. and Josh Brolin is a very good fit for that character. Yeah? Uh, we, yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought he did well with what we got to see of him, and I'll just say this. We didn't see him die. The, yeah, he's a, it's just that the there's this, like, that that gruff guy that is, like, tired of it all and like <laughs> and like but like he's good at it all too well, he's just he's a he's a gruff guy who's tired of it all who's good at it all but he has a heart and he cares about people the good, he i don't think person. that he's very good at the emotion part of that though no but gurney isn't gonna write poetry though he will recite it and sing it oh boy and <laughs> well i mean he already did recite some of it they cut mm. the scene where he plays his ballad set and sings Okay. Uh, they sh- they shot it. They cut it though. Oh boy. Um, no, because uh, Denis Villeneuve said like they asked him like what's like obviously we know you have to cut a lot of from this movie like what's like the one thing that didn't make it that you would have loved to see and he goes that 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 we shot it he goes Josh did a tremendous job just didn't fit within the flow of sure. the movie. Um, I hope they release it at some point because I think it'll be yeah, cool. Be on the DVD. Like, <laughs> he's kind of a warrior monk is who he's supposed to be. He's a bard. He's a new school bard. He. Mm sings and he reads all these things and, and, and like that's like a big part of early on in the book like what his character is is every time like he advises the duke he teaches helps to teach paul he's one of his teachers he has instructed many of the fighting men of the atreides army army that's the reason that they they didn't do a great job 
early on in this movie explaining exactly why it is. So there's a, let me ask you this. How, how much of, did you read to try and explain what happened in this movie after you saw it or before you saw it? I didn't read anything. Okay. Well, you said you knew some stuff about what's going on in the future. Oh, that's just a, uh, I had watched a a bad lip reading of it and they make a Mm. note or it was an honest trailer. One of them, they make a note of of something. Okay. Uh, It was definitely the honest trailer because I remember it now. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And then at the end, it's like, dude, seriously, the books get weird. (laughs) Yes, they do. They they really do. By the end of the third one, super weird. Um, So... They did a slightly better job tipping it off in some ways in this part of the movie than they did in the book. Because the first time in the old movie when I watched it, I never understood why the Emperor backed the Harkonnens. Because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. Because he's the one who instructed Duke Leto to take over. He's the one who supposedly smacked down Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Okay. All that sort of stuff. And then supports Baron Harkonnen's betrayal and reclaiming of Arrakis. And I always thought that seemed unnecessarily convoluted. Mm-hmm. And uh, through reading the book, I was like, man, I still don't get it. They kept kind of dancing around it, like, as if, oh, that, that that doesn't matter. And it's like, no, it really fucking matters, actually. It's really important. <laughs> and it's all because eventually they have a scene where there's a Mentat who's explaining to the Baron Harkonnen why. Because even the Baron didn't know the full story as to why. He's just like, well, I don't really give a shit. If he's going to back me to get what I want, great. Right. It's like, no, like that's a character who is super strategic. You probably should care about that because if he's willing to do that to Duke Lito, why wouldn't he do it to you? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, it's like someone who starts dating someone who cheats on their boyfriend with them with you or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, well, they, they're going to do it to you eventually, probably, right? <laughs> like, like you've already seen that. You got to see what's coming. Behavior, <laughs> like the Emperor backed you in subterfuge against him. One day it's going to be you on the other end of his subterfuge, right? Right. Um, and so the Emperor provides his Sardaukar army to Baron Harkonnen to get the job done, right? They have to be really surreptitious about providing that army and all that stuff. And it's because the Atreides fighting men had come to rival the Sardaukar, which are supposed to be the unbeatable force in the galaxy. Right. That's why he backs their overthrow. And Gurney mm-hmm. Halleck... And Tafir Hawat were the reason that the Atreides men had become so skilled. So Gurney's job is to train Paul to help him to become the next Duke. It's to train the men so that he has the power to become the next Duke. Mm-hmm. And they had to be, quote-unquote, smacked back down into the rank and file. But what the Harkonnens always downplayed and what the emperor didn't understand was that the fremen were also just as powerful and an ally of the atreides and the fremen together would be more powerful than the baron and the emperor and any individual house and maybe even some houses combined together right and so that whole thing makes gurney a very key and central to all this stuff but he's not just a grunt with a sword who's trading other people with swords he's also an advisor in military means and in philosophical means because he's studied all of these different, you know, philosophy and poetry and all this sort of stuff. And that's what like the whole warrior monk thing really matters. So Gurney is a more complex character than he seems on the surface. Mm, okay. That's, that's kind of cool. I, I think then it comes down to maybe I'm just not a huge fan of Josh. It's possible. I think he ably performed what he was asked to do, is, is sure. my point. I think he was a good match for what he was given. I thought he did it well enough. I don't think we need to, like, 
nominate him for an Oscar, but just say, yeah, job well done. You know? I don't know what it is, though. I feel like I've seen too much of him lately, <laughs> which is a weird thing. Well, I think, you know, him being central to, like, the Deadpool stuff and as Thanos, like, yeah. I thought he did the Thanos stuff really great. That, so. Yeah, he was great as Thanos. He was, he did a great grimace. Um, but, uh, I, you know what, some of the, uh, what I loved, um, fighting montages, like, training, things like that, I think they did a really cool job. It looked, it looked awesome. The weirding device, <laughs> obviously far superior <laughs> to the movie from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the voice, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, the... Also- the the little shield thing that covers them. Oh, the, the shields, yeah. The sorry. weirding device. Well, is that what they call it? They were a little bit weird about that. Weird about, they were a little bit confusing about that. It, the, so the weirding way that what's his name that that um, Stilgar talks about at the end is is actually more about the philosophy and, and ability of battle. Oh, okay. Then it is that it's just shields. It, there, there, there were shields. Yeah, in the um, in the in the '80s movies, they called it a weirding device. Did they? Well, because yeah. it was part of what they called the weirding way, but gotcha. I don't think like they never called they never used that term specifically to describe the shields in the book. I think one of the coolest aspects of it was like I liked I liked it being a thing that's there that they use regularly, but they don't tell tell you about it. They just show you. Like the like how it's working, you start to get an understanding, and then the idea that there is weapons that are designed to get through it, I think was so, really cool. I'm glad that you found that that way because it was a curious bit that we debated some after seeing the movie. Because me and Dominic and Brian and Nelson went to see the movie together on opening night after having all finished reading the book and everything. So they all obviously knew the deal because they go into much greater detail in the book about it, but. I'm glad that you got it not having read the book. You understood like the rules more or less mm. of how that all works because I was curious how an outside observer would do that because they were like, oh, well, they didn't really go into that whole thing with the shields. I was like, no, they said you have to penetrate it at a proper speed. Otherwise, it'll rebuff your attack. And that's why their fighting style is so particular. The one thing actually like they didn't probably go into enough is, although I know, again, they mentioned it one time during the fight at the end with, um, Jameis is Jameis was trained to fight against people without shields without wearing a shield himself, whereas Paul's trained to fight with the shield against people with shields. And seeing those two clash in styles of battle, no one could account for it, you know, mm-hmm. because he was fighting without the shield at that point, right? Right. <clears throat> um, so I'm glad you were able to follow that. And like, I'm hoping that most people watching were able to follow it because I, like, they said it. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, oh, like they knew it was coming and they weren't 100% comfortable with the level of detail they spent talking about. And it's like, I thought it was, whether it was explainable enough, like it was explained, I thought, it, like cogently at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was great. I, I liked I liked that I just got a couple of lines about different things to expect. Yeah. Like just enough rules to understand so yeah. that when I see it in play, I can start to understand the bits and pieces of it working. And, and yeah, uh, the ba- the way that they chose to represent the barriers on screen was way better. I I actually <laughs> forgot. I saw a clip of it like a week before seeing the movie. I was like, oh my god, I forgot how bad that was. Yeah, the fucking block, the, like, the polygons, like fighting, like that was, uh, that was pretty incredible. But yeah, no, that was I thought it was really cool. The whole the blue the blue light red light thing mm-hmm. was a really cool way to represent it on screen. I thought. Yeah, no, def- definitely, and just overall, like. The, the visuals were, were bonkers throughout the entire movie. 
Um, there was literally one thing I thought in the whole movie that didn't look good because I thought so that? many things looked so incredible. And when Paul has his vision and he sees himself on the battlefield in the future, mm-hmm. that CGI in, in that body armor, and then they flash it open and his face is in it. Mm-hmm. That looked like shit. But other than that, I mm. thought everything was pretty great. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I guess I could. I, I can't really remember exactly what it looked like, but I, I have. I vaguely remember it being like almost too smooth, right? Like that. I feel yes, like yes. that's what you get when when something is not up to par VFX wise. Like things are too smooth. Yeah, it didn't look <laughs> quote unquote bad. It just so much of the CGI looked like it fit, and that didn't look like it fit. Yeah. So, like any of the times they showed the fucking the worm, which mm-hmm. was not very much or at any like great. Like the, I thought that looked incredible. Yeah, looked the cool. way that effect played out, the the fight sequences, the the ship floating in what space. What they do with sand, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, and when you talk about like practical effect too, like mm-hmm. I, I and I think there's a really cool device and a really cool uh, accent and, exp- and like expansion on what was in the book because they never actually really said this, but the idea of how quickly the Fremen could hide in the sand and break out of the sand to fight. That was so cool. They did it like three times and each yeah. time it was just as cool as the it's last. Just, it was just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love like when they, uh, when those characters, I forget, I, I can't remember the names of these things, but like the emperor empire, the, the, the rival army people, what are they called? The Sardaukar. Yeah. When they come in to that room where the Fremen were, I'm like, Ooh, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and they do it and it's like but like visually stunning it was the coffee scene right where yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> which it's funny because that was such a funny scene for us to to watch after reading because they kept making a big deal in the book about coffee service and how like your wife is responsible for your coffee service and i was like okay they like coffee we get it like this is all like meant to be representative of the middle east and like coffee is a big thing in the middle east and historically has always been and whatever they're in a desert and yes, I get that, like, your moisture matters and all that. Never once do they say, we make coffee by spitting into the pot. And <laughs> they, they do that, like, go prepare us coffee. And for me, it's like, oh, yeah, no, like, they're still keeping up that trend of, like, the coffee matters. It's like, it matters so much that we're all going to give you our precious fluid. And it's Fresh by, spitting, by spitting into this fucking pot. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess I really hope they boil it really good because, you know, at least that'll help they must. Um, they must. sterilize the, uh, the, the spit. Uh, but then to, to see that... And Dune then, 2, sterilize the spit. <laughs> and then they cut and come back, and the coffee pot has been, like, like strewn on the ground, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, oh fuck, God. what happened in here? And that's pre-fight. And also, like, even, like, there's layers to that, because it's like, they wear suits that capture every iota of liquid that the body excretes, and then re-drink their own piss and sweat and such, because otherwise they would die in a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. They care about it so much that they spit to make the coffee. They don't even carry enough water to make the coffee. They threw the pot on the ground to keep the illusion that they had to escape Wait. in a rush. And Wait. nope, we're waiting and laying in ambush. I thought that whole thing together was really cool. It's deep. I, I have a question. So maybe you can answer this. The, uh, the suits, right. They mentioned there's a tube for them to drink that water. Yes. What, what's the tube in the nose? So that's literally like they teach them how to breathe in through the mouth and out through the nose. And the exhalation goes into the tube. Cause there's even a little bit of 
when you exhale, oh, like think about oh, sitting outside in okay. the cold when you can see your breath. I see. There's like there's you're exhaling moisture that's catching the moisture. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK, I feel like that was not explained. No, but I feel like it should have been understandable. But yes, it was not explained. No, I don't think so. That makes sense. But OK, cool. That 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 makes me feel much better now, though, that I know that because it was really bothering me. Why is why that thing <laughs> up your nose? Uh, I assumed it had something to do with the mechanism, but I wasn't clear to me. I was like, you drink, you drink them that re- you, you snort in that recycled water. What are you, what are you doing right now? <laughs> is this just keeping you hydrated? Like what's going on? Uh, yeah. So it was a big deal that, that you had to learn how to, to breathe in through the mouth and out through the nose to be the most efficient at keeping your own recycled water, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, that sandworm was dope. It was so cool looking. I, like just the scale of it. Yes. And then like the what they do with the ground under it is really like it's like really fun to watch. And just the like the impending it's coming. We have like we've been we're on this planet. We know how this works. We have X amount of minutes before it hits. And it's like, all right, cool. Go pick up the thing. Oh, my God. One of the clamps is broken. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so intense. And uh, then the boy is just kneeling down on the sand. And you're like, what do you... The worm, though. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat you. The the worm, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get high on the spice. Spice. Spice makes everything nice. I found that Lady Jessica was a compelling character. Like, I want to... Like, the... The like everything that she's into and like what's happening and like the things they believe and like the uh, the voice and all that stuff. It, it's very it's very Jedi <laughs> to me. And like, I yes. think that part of it's really cool. I also like that they keep it at a bit of an arm's length to make it even more mysterious. And yes, they are want- intended to be very mysterious. And it's funny because even though and it takes some time, obviously, but even though they they give you a lot of the information along the way as to what the Bene Gesserit's plan is. Even still, you can be surprised while reading it because they never give you the whole story until you're ready for that piece of the next piece of the story as to what there's always circles within circles in their plotting. And even when you think you know what it is that they're trying to get at, it takes several layers of unpeeling to figure out what it is they're actually trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that stuff. Is there an, is there a parallel universe where Dune rivals Star Wars, and it's like the opposite. Like where Dune was just really successful, <laughs> and Star Wars needed to be redone like three times. <laughs> Listen, it gets weird. <laughs> it gets really weird. I think so most Star Wars. of yeah. No, no. Trust me, we can talk about this off air if you don't care about spoilers for that stuff. Sure, but um, I don't want to get into that because you could probably spend a few hours on that. Oh boy. Um, there is some weird, and I'm only halfway through. There is some, the last one, they took the weird and it cranked it up to 12. Like it skipped right past 11 and it went to 12. <laughs> you're like, am I taking spice? <laughs> what? Yeah. There's times where you're reading and it's like, I, what the fuck are you even talking about? And it's like, oh, okay. I guess I kind of get it. And it's like, oh, no, I get it. The spice is no. cocaine. <laughs> no, it's like cocaine and shrooms mixed together. <laughs> shrooms and peyote. <laughs> And LSD. Yeah. And HGH. <laughs> well, because remember, it makes you live a really long time, too. Sure. It's the most vital. It's the most vital resource. How 
how does one use spice to time to uh to jump in space space jump space travel what are these oh <laughs> yes so <laughs> they use it for space things they do um so you notice how when paul started snorting the sand spice yeah <laughs> He kind of started to get glimpses of that. That was actually really one of the only very few criticisms that happened. It's not a big criticism. I'm kind of arguing degrees. I didn't, and I think they're going to get better as they go along because I think they wanted to make it mysterious at this point and like start to give you more information as you go. Mm-hmm. I didn't 100% love how they started introducing Paul's ability to see the future mm. because the spice allows him to see into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, because of now, space travel. No. You gotta, <laughs> you're putting the car before the horse. <laughs> putting the car before the horse. So. I just all thought it was like you can navigate space and you can navigate time. I thought maybe that's where we're getting at with this. Like a Heisenberg principle type of thing? <laughs> so the Fremen have spice in basically everything they eat and drink. Okay. That's where they get the, bl- the blue eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone can see the future. But. The Fremen, because they're so saturated with it during what they call the Siege Orgies. Remember the scene in Matrix Reloaded with like the whole yeah. cave of people fucks? Yep. Hey, that kind of happens every once in a they while. They have spice orgies? Yes. Do they all drink coffee first? I imagine like, well, if coffee. all of our spits in here. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine coffee well, is served just at some point. spit right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Clip it. That's going to be the audio component that goes along with anything that we send out to promote this. <laughs> Just that one clip. Why don't you spit in my mouth? I'm going to break the naming convention of this show now that we're coming back to my and Just title this episode. Why don't you just spit right in my mouth? <laughs> uh, so we spit the winter spice into each other's <laughs> So the Fremen, when they take the water of life during a siege orgy, can all kind of see glimpses of the future and the past and the present and all that sort of stuff, right? But on a regular day-to-day basis, no matter how much spice they consume, they can't typically see the future. There are certain people who are born with that ability. That was part of what they already mentioned, right? The the Kwisatz Haderach, what the Ben Gesserit were looking for, and they think Paul might be that, right? It's the person who can see into the past, present, and future and not lose themselves. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a man because wim- the women who are trained in that order and the Ben Gesserit have some abilities to do that. And so do the guild navigators who are the ones who pilot or navigate the space and guild highliners, which transport people from planet to planet. People and cargo, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So... Because Paul has this trait, this gene, when he takes spice, he's allowed to further deepen his connection to be able to see into the future and the past and the present in different perspectives. You can see all different branching timelines. So the guild navigators have that same trait. So they take the space, they take the spice in order to navigate space. They take the spice because it allows them to see a certain amount of the future. So when you're piloting the ship, you can feel confident that by seeing a certain level into the future, I'm not going to crash into an asteroid mm. or get sucked up into a supernova or okay. black hole or whatever. So they're the only way that you can be a hundred percent certain you will be safe 
traveling deep space from star system to star system, which obviously is a very long, very fast trip that uh, would not be able to, a normal human with normal abilities would not be able to pilot that because they don't have the ability to find out about small catastrophes. Like you, know, you know you're not going to crash into a planet or a moon, probably, because like those things are charted in paths that are expected. But the unexpected can be accounted for. They can chart a safe path through space from one place to another. Interesting. So that's pretty cool. That's so the so the Spacing Guild has a they have a monopoly on all interstellar shipping gotcha. of people and cargo. So that's why the spice is so expensive. That's why everyone's fighting for control of it is because all interstellar all you know all imperial trade would come to a screeching halt without the guild navigator's ability to transport them. And the spice can only be manufactured on Arrakis because. Well, I won't say why, but it can only be found there. It's not found in a single other place in the world, in, right. the, in the universe. So now, now in the 80, 80s movie, those navigators, yes. they're space whales, no? Well, fish, I guess I'd say more accurately. Okay. But So they took a little bit of liberty with that, David Lynch, I guess. Um, they are human-ish. They're human, but their genetics have been modified very substantially in order to make sure that they have that proper trait to be able to see the future. And they cannot read, they cannot like breathe regular air and live in regular environments. They kind of tend to live in those glass cases that have a specific oh my. atmosphere and they have to constantly be taking the spice in order to keep their powers proper. And all. they are technically human, even though they don't really look and act human. Interesting. So this is so fa- this is so interesting because I didn't know that like that that makes that's pretty cool that 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 link between like that's what the spice can do to you and that usage of that to travel through space accurately is really awesome because I was like I don't know you take it and you could jump <laughs> like well, I don't know how it works but I guess that's what's going on yeah well so like and that fact that it. What it is that it actually gives you is what tips off the major issues in the second and third books. Because when more than one person can see the future, how do you outmaneuver and outplot someone else? Mm-hmm. So that takes on a greater and greater um, significance as time goes on in this story. Sure. Um, the other thing about it is it is something of a double-edged sword, the spice. Because while it does prolong your life, you also get madly addicted to it. And if you don't continue to consume it you die oh yeah it's intense so it's like fun heroin it's like fun (laughs) heroin okay uh is it me or is jason momoa always having the most fun in the room i do appreciate that he (laughs) seems to really enjoy what he does at least he he seems to really enjoy life well sure but like i mean i guess Maybe he's just really smart and he takes roles that he's going to enjoy, right? Yeah. Like, because he does look like he's having fun basically all the yeah. time he's on the screen, except for like the one scene where he's like crying, which, fair enough. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, yeah. Uh, also, super weird to see him without a beard. He, he doesn't look right. <laughs> the shape of his face, there's something about it. No, because like he's a good looking guy, but I think he needs the beard. He looks like an entirely different person without it. Mm. That's fair. It does look very different. I didn't I didn't actually pinpoint it until you said it now, but that's what was so different. Yeah. That's funny. Right? Like, it shouldn't be that substantial a change. Yeah. 
I uh, just want to circle back for a second. That Lady Jessica is our Diane Kruger of the episode. Why? Doctor Sleep. <laughs> that's, that's just a simple six degrees of separation. That's not a Diane Kruger ring. It's one degree, and it's not separated. It's the same person. <laughs> you know what I'm. You know what I'm getting at. We knew who she was before this. Well, we also talked about Henry Cavill, who is in a Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> She was also in a Mission Impossible movie. No, Anthony, you're still playing Six Degrees of Separation. Kruger. <laughs> now, if I were to go upstairs and that Mission Impossible movie were to be on one channel and Doctor Sleep was to be on another. Yes, that would be Dan Kruger. And I would choose to stream Dune instead. <laughs> Wait, what? And use picture in picture. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to more, that's for sure. Uh, so one of the things I thought was really cool, I love that scene, that fight between Paul and the guy that he has to kill. Jameis. Uh, Jameis. Uh, Put some respect And how him. mad he is, and he thinks, they think, he thinks Paul's taunting him. That's so good. That it's great, thing. because it's such a tense, serious, important scene, and, like, there's a couple times you're gonna laugh where it's like, Wait, what the fuck? What did that, what did that guy just say? No, no, like he doesn't understand. Like he's he's trying to be a nice dude. He doesn't realize that nice doesn't exist here. Yeah, I mean, you got, you have to kill him. He's never killed anybody. Well, this is gonna be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Also, I really actually I will give some some credit. I think it might have been confusing to some people. Maybe it's confusing to me at first too because I was like, wait, what? I thought I just I, I thought I got the names of the characters wrong for a minute. Um. When he's having the visions of the fight and he sees himself dying mm-hmm. in one of the visions, and then he sees another vision where him and Jameis are friends and Jameis is teaching him. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a vision, there's a version of this life where he didn't have to kill Jameis. Mm. And there's a version of it where Jameis kills him. Right. And then there's what actually ends up happening, which is he kills Jameis. That, is, that yeah. I thought was really cool that to see. Cool. That that was that was I think a, a, an example of it working pretty well. Um, but I, I I imagine it might have been confusing to someone watching that, not knowing what the visions are all about, because it's like, wait, where did that happen? Like he's going to teach him, he can't teach him, he's dead. It's like, well, mm-hmm. no, but like that in a different world, if things had gone just slightly differently, maybe they could have been friends instead of enemies. I just uh, I just picture Doctor Strange wigging out. And then deciding which path to take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of to an extent what, yeah. what goes on. So, <clears throat> so I will say since we got to this point, the the big debate is. I'll give a slight spoiler for this. After he kills Jameis, there is a funeral for Jameis in which everyone kind of does their thing of like, "Hey, I was a friend of Jameis, and this is why." And you know, everyone kind of takes a, a piece of his. Um, possessions and all that, and <laughs> so it's become mouth. like they. Sp- <laughs> well, actually, not exactly. Um, but it's it's a big deal when Paul cries at the funeral because mm. he's wasting water mm. until someone's like, no, 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 that's the greatest honor. He's giving his tears. He's giving his moisture to the dead. God damn it! Like that shit matters. And it's like, oh yeah, no, he really, he really didn't want to kill him. That's that's something. Yeah, because like. Stilgar gets like all up in his feeling is bad. I'm just like, well, listen, if we ever fight, don't fucking toy with me. Like, either fight me or don't fight me. Like, 
because it's like that that's the, the ultimate thing like everyone is always at all times has to keep each other sharp everyone you know you're, the 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 fremen only goes as far as the weakest link and, right you know and they only go as far as the strongest can lead them so that sort of test person to person is what is super important to their to their view of what how they can possibly continue their civilization yeah hmm. very cool very cool what else you got on this movie I was kind of hoping you had more things because, like, I saw the movie on opening night. You saw it slightly more recently than I did. And so I was kind of hoping more, like, we can continue this almost interview style thing because yeah. that's where my better, like, as you jog my memory of more parts of it. I like, can. I where... So I, it's funny. Baron, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about that. While the it. most disgusting creature in the 80s movie yes. is, like, also disgusting but realistic. Yes, in this one, and I yeah, I don't know that, where the boils and shit came from, and like David Lynch went off on a tangent on that. Yeah, one, like it, not... it was, I feel like it was easier to watch, but like to also like take in just like the the gluttony. Like I don't know, is it, it, it because I, I I like I feel like you really can't watch the eighties one. You're like, oh god, oh yes. oh god. Whereas it this one, you're like, oh, you're so gross, but you're so interesting. Yes. <laughs> Which I feel like was what they really wanted to go for. Well, they nailed that bit of like menacing, mysterious. It's like, okay, he's like a cruel brute, but he's also incredibly clever and cunning. Yeah. He's I, uh, detest- <laughs> detestable, but I kind of want to see what he's got up his sleeve next. When he's on the ceiling, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 uh, the I watched that bad lip reading of uh, of of dude uh, a little while before we did this, and um, he he's uh, sitting there eating at the table, and the lip reading over it like they're doing. He's just going, mm, oh, 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 that's good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just really got me. It really tickled me. Uh, I did think it was pretty great for a guy who was constantly stuffing his face with the fattest of foods. Uh, also, was really into salad because they dunked him in a pot of oil and vinegar at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not what that looked like. Balsamic vinegar and oil. What? what, what was that like a back-to-tank? What are we working with here? I actually am not 100% sure. I just assume that. it's yeah, some sort of healing. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's what makes sense. And, uh... Wasn't there like a like a space rock star in the in the, in the first one? Well, there's a rock star in real life who played a guy in space. Sting played Fade Ratha. Right, right. So, um, yeah, Vanuve made a, a particular choice in this. He basically said, "I'm not casting that role until he matters on screen," which is the right thing to do because in the book he's introduced as basically a peer. Paul, like, he's a young teenager who's still kind of learning about where his role is going to be in the Harkonnen dynasty. Okay. And then after the time jump, he's grown into that role, and he can start to actually take the place that the Baron wants him to be, which is his heir. Oh. So he's going to be someone that they cast and introduce in the next... Like, they're probably going to spend a decent amount of time at the beginning of the movie fill you in on his backstory that, that was, like, kind of given to you as, like, a little like morsel here and there in the early part of the book. Cause it's been a lot more time with him from like the midway point on in the book. Gotcha. And cause like the, the cast, the, the role that Dave Bautista played beast Raban, mm-hmm. like was not a super important character in the book. Like as far as screen time, like he really only has like one or two scenes in the book 
they talk about it a lot. Like he's important to the, the story because he's the one who subjugates the Fremen so viscerally that allows them to or encourages them to align with Paul against the Baron, which is ultimately what Duke Leto had wanted from the beginning, right? There's a big conversation between him and Tafir about they had this secret plan that they didn't tell anyone about until Duncan Idaho makes a positive impression on them. It's like, hey, mm. this army that we're going to raise, we got them. Yeah. And like that is, ends up being what it is. And Beast Raban constantly tries to downplay how much trouble that the Fremen give the Harkonnens so that the uncle wasn't too concerned that the uncle would tell the emperor that they're not too concerned, even though they were getting beat up what much worse on the planet than they really were. And because of all of that, they underestimate how many Fremen there are. So when they come to terms with what the full force of their might is, they're totally unprepared. So he's basically just a brute who mm. is not clever enough. He's not smart enough, which is why he would have probably been the heir to the Baron. But he's like, nah, he's a stupid fuck. He's gotcha. a useful tool in his own way, but he's not not, not for who's this. Gonna lead. Yeah, yeah. Exactly who's going to lead us into the future. Gotcha. And he grooms Fade Rautha to be that. The, uh... <clears throat> The doctor, Doctor Betrayal, Doctor UA, yeah. Uh, he, I feel like that was like really quick. In, in yeah, this, they spent way more time in the book on that, which is like pretty important. Like, like they spent too much time on some of it. Some of it becomes a little bit recursive, but like mm. it feels earned and real and like important in the book. That's another one. Well, like. In the same way that I thought that they squandered a lot of what Peter DeVry was like supposed to actually give to the story, some of the, the depth to the story and the, the machinations of the plot. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Dr. UA. And like, it's an actual sympathetic character in the book because, like, you know, right from the beginning, he's the one who. They do a really interesting thing in the book where, like, early. And they, they did that actually in the original movie where they lay out the entire plot of how he's going to bring him down. They what? And it's like how, like, the Baron is going to bring down the Duke. Oh, yeah. He literally lays out the whole plan. Mm. To fade out that, <clears throat> um, and in the same way, like he basically pretty explicitly says, "Oh yeah, this is how I've got Doctor UA by the balls." Even though no one thinks that you can subjugate a soup doctor, that those doctors are totally uncorruptible. He's like, "Well, I found the one way to do it." Mm-hmm. And then they proceed to show the internal struggle within Doctor UA, where he's like, "Listen, he's literally got me by the balls. I don't want to do this. I fucking hate myself for doing this. Maybe I can find some way to tip off to them, but no, they'll." Surely result in the death of my wife. Like, like, like you actually feel bad for him, and the the way it all goes down, it, I found it to be compelling in the book. It, it sure. that part wasn't done super well in the movie. Yeah, in, in this movie, in particular, in the in the original movie, though, I feel like they actually spent enough time with him where it was not like shocking, but it was more of a reveal that he was betraying them. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the, when this, it was like it was like he's on screen once, he's a little cagey. And, and then he's betraying them. And you're like, well, yeah, you had betrayal eyes in that other scene. Like, what? I, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, they, there's yeah, two things. One, you don't get the full payoff of that character's arc. And two, because of the compressed storyline in the middle third of the movie, it happens so quick when the betrayal happens. Yeah. Like, they literally like, hey, we kind of got ourselves established on the planet. And then they go to bed and then they're betrayed. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> instantaneous. I was like, you guys haven't even landed on the planet. Did they? I, I actually, it's so weird. He mentioned a feast that was not in the movie. I definitely thought during all this, I was like, did they even eat yet? <laughs> like, like, food's always on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then we gives him that capsule to bite down on. I'm like, well, this could be kind of cool. And the way that that plays out in the room, I thought was awesome. Like, it was like, it's like super quick and intense. And it's like, God. But then I, 
I the the whole Baron floating thing mm-hmm. is very like bizarre to me. Where I feel like is there like an explanation behind oh, that yeah. stuff? That's just not so they, touched that, on. That was something that was in common between the two movies, right? The original movie and this one that he like, mm-hmm. it was actually hilarious when he dies in the original movie and he just kind of uh, off screen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was always very confused by that. Um, but so we've established he's obscenely fat, correct? Yeah, he's just so fat that his legs can't hold him. Exactly, and yeah. so he uses what they call suspensors, which actually use a modified version of the same technology that the shields use. To weird aid him in <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the way I understood it while reading the book, it didn't make him fly. It was more like you know that footage of astronauts on the moon. Yeah. The suspensors kind of gave him a sense of weightlessness that, like, when you're 800 pounds, like you shouldn't be able to spryly walk and leap across an area, and so. He's constantly fighting, like, okay, I'm so fat, it's hard for me to move, but also these suspensors make it too easy for me to move, and I'm, like, kind of walk weird, because I'm never really mm-hmm. within my own body, and, you know, because I can't be, because without the suspensors, I wouldn't be able to move, and with the suspensors, I can't move reliably, but who cares? Let him fly. I don't I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So he is, just, yeah, he just, like, flies with it. He just moves it. He like, yes. It's like a it's like a wheelchair, like a motorized wheelchair, but that can go in every direction. It's a hover chair, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then he just decides that the, the best thing I could do is get above this poison cloud. Yes. Heavy poison? Is it a heavy poison cloud? <laughs> thin. Thin poison cloud. Dispersed. Okay. Um Yeah, no, I think yeah, in the book he um he rushes through a door and slams it, and all of his lackeys die in the room because he gotcha. slams the door behind him. In the like movie, the lackeys behind the door close it, and they go, "Not me, <laughs> not <Yeah>. my time." <laughs> and that scene is the origin for my intro to the episode today. That's the the Atreides slogan that he whispers was it right before he dies, or right after he dies. I forget. Here I am. Here I remain. Mm-hmm. That was like the Atreides like house words. <laughs> Naked. That was um, way you're close. Where that was a they? scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was a scene for sure. I imagine there were there may have been some swooning from people in the theaters watching. <laughs> they, that. they were they were just like we got it. We got to show this body off, right? Like at some point he's, in the movie, he's a good looking guy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's well built. <laughs> it was it was tasteful. It was tastefully shot. Yeah, yeah. it was very uh uh like 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 uh, like you know like a painting where the person is like strewn back across and li- that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Except like handcuffed, handcuffed, yeah. It's like and bearded. Paint me like one of your S and M French girls, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm a big fan of. Um, you sound like it. I was gonna say that I was gonna say the Duke, but I don't know why uh, his that Oscar Isaac was like not. Oh. That was the other thing that almost made me laugh earlier today when we did 20 questions, which is when you said, has this movie won an Oscar? And I was like, man. Nah. <laughs> I was like, they, they scored an Oscar, that's for sure. <laughs> that, would, that would have given it away. <laughs> what did you think about the score? Uh, loved it. Your as, boy Hans Zimmer. As, as per usual, you know? It's funny because I Hans always brings the heat. Word. It had been so long since they had made all the announcements of like who was in the movie and who was directing and scoring the movie. I forgot that Hans Zimmer was doing it. And then like 
a third of the way through the movie. I'm like, this sounds like a Hans Zimmer score. Yeah. And then the movie was done, and it was like music by Hans Zimmer. I was like, hey, look at that. Yeah, would you look at that? Would you look at it? I actually think that uh, I hadn't really thought about it uh, since I watched the movie, but maybe I'll listen to that album tomorrow while I'm working. That'll be a good one. There's been some hilarious memes from this movie. One of my favorite ones was, <laughs> yeah, someone says something or whatever, and then someone else for no reason at all, and it's the guy playing the fucking bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, other one, I have a, I have a Dune question for you. Okay, go. Uh, the guy that uh, Paul gives a big old hug to when he lands on Arrakis. He runs up to him, gives him a big old hug. Yeah. Like, ah, it's good to see you. And he hugs him. He was in a previous scene and he had like white overed eyes and like a weird, like a tattoo on his lip. What, what was yeah, it? Yeah. fear. What's, 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 uh, what's that? So he was. What are those movie. sounds that you just made? <laughs> his name is the fear. Hawat. The fear. Is he the mind killer? <laughs> well, well, he's no. the mind killer. <laughs> Yeah, the fear. The fear is the mind <laughs> Like, what did I say earlier? The 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 what? You said there was, there was something I said that you are like, the... Uh, um, so it's T-H-U-F-I-R. Thu fear. Okay. Hawat. H-A-W-A-T. Oh, okay. And he is a mentat, which I've said that word a few times in this episode. Mm-hmm. So is Peter DeVry, the guy who worked for the Baron. Mm-hmm. And so they did not go into this at all in this movie. It took them a very long time to get to the heart of this in the books. Not that they were like uh, like obscuring. It's just like, eh, we'll kind of get to that. Why that's so important later. So remember when I said that this movie is ten thousand years past something, mm-hmm. and that there was an undetermined amount of time between that and present day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this thing in the lore of Dune called the Butlerian Jihad, and it was. A war, an all-consuming war across the galaxy. You remember Mass Effect when they fight the machines because artificial intelligence are bad? Yeah. So that's what happened here. Is that some people made computers that were way too powerful. and Tell us uh, all this time. Exactly. Humans go against the computers and they make these laws saying that you can never make a computer to mimic the intelligence of a human ever again because that almost wiped us out. And so they said, fine, joke's on you. We're just going to prod around in the brains of other humans to treat to make them in the way of a computer. So Mentats are human computers. It's like, if we can't make a computer that simulates a human, we're going to make a human that simulates a computer. And okay. so by giving them as much data as you can about a situation, they can make incredible, incredibly quick and incredibly accurate computations to base the probabilities or the likelihood or what are the possibilities as to what is going on. Okay. So basically what Thafir was helping the Duke with in recent years was I sense that my enemies dislike me. I'm not entirely sure why. And I'm not entirely sure what to do about it. And they give him some more information. And what the fear came out for him was our forces have become too powerful. The emperor fears us and resents us. Mm-hmm. The Baron is looking to oust us because of some slight from some Atreides to some Harkonnen thousands of years ago. The only way we can possibly stand against their two combined forces is to enlist another powerful force alongside of us. Let's try and attract the Fremen 
oh, they're giving us what we need by sending us to Dune. Let's go there, win them over as quick as possible, and probably go take out the Emperor and the Baron, and five years from now, your son will sit on the throne and be the Emperor. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they also had Mentats. <laughs> they also were able to come up with these calculations to how to defeat them. And, you know, this become this yeah. war of all that stuff. So you have another question to go. Yeah, what? Okay, that's cool. When he's calculating, do his eyes go white? Yeah, so it's basically his, like, his, it's just when, it was just a visual representation that when he, when, when you see that, you know that he's making a Mentat computation. Okay. It's just to show you He's been given the data he needs, and right now he's crunching the numbers in his brain. Gotcha. The thermals on that CPU are really skyrocketing. Yes. And the light is just washing out the color in his eyes. I got it. If you say so. That works. I dig it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that wasn't clear. Um, Not really. But I'll no. take it. That's fine. I guess it wasn't that important either. At least no, for, it's at, fairly At least important. for the rest of the movie, it wasn't that important. <laughs> It'll be important for the next one. Sure. We're not done with Mentats. Okay. What is in the box? <laughs> Pain. <laughs> oh, man. That, it's, so, it's so funny. Yeah, they never really describe, and I honestly don't know. Hot heat? Searing pain? Does it matter? Stabby pain? What matters is the results, and he passed the test. Sure. Sure. So they made a big deal about the difference between animals and humans and all, and how there's a lot of people who aren't humans. And it's not purely intelligence, though that's obviously a part of it as well, but empathy is a part of it as well. The, the Bendigazerit really, truly do not practice much empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, they are as brutish and cruel as anyone, which is ironic. I'm sure they don't see it that way, which is part of the irony. Um, they're not all they're cracked up to be. And so it was not just kind of like testing whether he's smart. It was testing whether he can think and feel and logically, philosoph- you know, philosophically reason about things. Mm. And it's just a shorthand way to do it. Sure. Sure. I'm just going to stab him in the neck with a poison dart. <laughs> yeah, but only if you don't pass the test. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. I would have, in hindsight, I would have preferred to see it on the big screen. I just, you know, I take what I can. I know. It's understandable. It's not the easiest situation. It was cool as shit seeing in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was. Um, the only people we didn't really talk about in this movie too much are Liet Kynes, who was one of my favorite book characters. Uh, actually, a man in the book. Um, oh, oh, that, that's the character that like teaches them like how to put the suits on and stuff like that? Yeah. That, that, I, I, lo- I loved that in both the, uh, the 80s movie and this one of like, how did you do this? I just put it on. <laughs> I'm just good like that brushes yeah. his shoulders off. <laughs> Did you think of more different people than Max von Sydow and Sharon Duncan Brewster playing the same role? <laughs> <laughs> um, I get why they recast it as a woman because basically all the important characters in this movie are men and because of the specifics of the lore and where the story goes there's not a single other important character you could possibly change to help balance out the cast. So mm-hmm. I understood why they up, they took that opportunity. Cool. And ultimately it doesn't really matter sure. for that character, you know, yeah. who, who or what they are. Um, so, I thought she did a good job. I wish we had gotten more time with that character because I really did like that character a lot in the book. 
That was one. Ca- oh my god! Uh, one of my favorite scenes is the the sand dance <laughs> to avoid the, to avoid the worm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dune walk and the dune walk. I love it. Uh, who was the other character that you mentioned? Um, the other one was Zendaya as Chani. Oh, right. Yeah, but like, bar- was barely like barely had a role yet. Yes, Which because her role is much more important than the second Later. one. Yeah. And they made a little bit of a nod to that by letting her do some of the narration and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luckily, yeah, this it, movie I mean, did I, not suffer from Lord of the Rings opening. <laughs> that, Sorry, the the 80s um, movie was like that opening was Family Guy oh. doing a skit about that opening. <laughs> yeah, it looking back on, on it. On and on. I actually, I should probably sit down and rewatch it because the first time I watched that. It felt like it was 20 minutes long. I know it's not, but like it felt like <laughs> that's how I remember it. And it's probably like what, four minutes? Well, I, I was actually thinking earlier today, I was like, oh man, like, how, what's the runtime of the new movie? Oh, it was two and a half hours. I was like, that much, surely that was, it's, it's at least half an hour shorter than the other movie. Nope. <laughs> the other movie's like two hours and 15 minutes and it just feels like it's 17 hours. Yeah. Well, it's because they crammed so much into all of it and yet also literally and i think they made fun of this and i don't know if it was the honest trailer they just hand waved away the entire rise of paul to like muadib like the leader of the fremen it's just like <laughs> oh yeah and then some stuff happened and he fell in love and they took over it was like wait what <laughs> yes we fade to black for a minute now that represents 10 years <laughs> yeah i mean without yes. this text 10 years later <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What are, what are we thinking? Two, three years? How long before? My guess will probably be end of twenty three, at the earliest. Yeah, more likely maybe like May of twenty four. Four. Yeah, because they, I mean, he might have roughed up a script, but like they don't have a completed script. They haven't sure. started production. Yeah, that's true. They only officially, officially okayed it a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or six weeks ago, whatever it was. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It would be a, a, a real shame if something happens and it doesn't come to light. Yeah, no, I mean, listen. Not, that's point, not I off the table. Should, no, but I think at this point, like, it's, it, it certainly wasn't off the table, but, like, now I think it, we, like, we should know. It's, it's, it's really just going to be a question of how long. When sure. can they get all the actors and everyone together? When can they get the the schedule to go shoot, you know? Yeah. Um, one kind of last, like, final little tiny note was, hmm. I liked, I liked the design of the ornithopters. I thought they, they were really cool. Oh, yeah, those were cool. The dragonflies? Yes. Yeah, that was really awesome. Also, I liked the Fafir's parasol. What did you say? I said I liked the Fafir's parasol. His little uh, umbrella when he when they went out to the desert. <laughs> Oh yeah, you remember him wearing carrying the little little umbrella. That was great. Uh, The at the end, the very the way I I I kind of forgot you were you were talking about at the very beginning. Um, I forget how the movie finally ends. It's just the person riding the sandworm, right? Yes, and they're about to jump on the back of it. Yes. They're all about to go on it? Is that what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, see, that I didn't know that's what was happening. I just thought they were just like, hey, look what we can do. <laughs> yeah, and so that was that was the point I was getting. So a couple surfing. things. A <laughs> couple things. It's a really big deal. So first of all, no one 
outside of the Fremen know that they can do that. Okay. The Harkonnens, the Atreides, the Emperor, no one knows that they can. Okay. It's a very tightly kept secret. Actually, they make a really big deal a couple times in the book. I don't remember. I'm sure they must have said it at least one time in the movie. There are no satellites around Arrakis because the Fremen have been secretly dealing with the Spacing Guild to bribe them to not put up satellites Hmm. to give a coverage of it the way that every other planet has to keep the Empire in control, right? Mm -hmm. They do this because they don't want to be observed with what they're doing. So that's why part of the reason why the Harkonnens don't know how many Fremen there are. Right. Part of the reason why they don't know how it is that they're able to get so much spice so safely. Right. They also part don't know of why, their fighting style. They don't know about these things. Okay, that's cool. They they don't know how they get around so quickly. They don't know because they don't know about the Dune Walk. They don't know about the the uh, they don't know about them traveling on the worms. Right. So they they showed a quick little thing when when Leah Kynes gets killed. She's getting ready to ride a sandworm. That's what those hooks are for. Right. She pops those hooks yeah. out and then she gets killed before she can do it. Right. It's a big deal when one becomes a true, like their rite of passage in the Fremen is when you can prove that you can ride a sandworm on your own. I see. Like, you don't have to ride it on your own all the time. In fact, most of the time they don't. Most of the time it's a group effort. But you have to prove that you can be the one that hooks it at least one time. You never have to do it again if you're riding a part of a group. You could be the spotter or you could be the secondary guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it at least one time where you're the main one. And they show the whole thing into how they pilot the worms and all that stuff. Because the worms are not willing right. fairies. Um, you have to coerce it, essentially. with so, like That's a, a big deal, them learning. But the that's thing is, cool. once, someone, once someone has hooked a worm, they can control it with a high degree of like precision specificity. Yeah. And a bunch of people can jump on the back of it and travel on it like a train. <laughs> so yeah, they're all probably jumping on the back of that worm. after That's that dope. Oh, man. I really want to see the second movie now. That's great. Cool, man. Got anything else? No, I think that's about it. I think that wraps it up four hours later for this week's episode of Flicks and the Six. We're glad to be back. We hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to the email, flicksandthesix at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanza. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks, Thanks,